Hello, and welcome to Ramjack and the fateful prize of the Phantom Cup. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and joining me today for Ramjack is my good friend and co-host, Brad. Hi. Uh, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. I hope everyone out there is having a fun time, doing a good thing, whatever that might be. Please be doing a good thing. Be, be doing good. Things. Do good. Do good things. Do good. Stop. Do don't better. Do, don't do bad things. Don't do bad things. We're watching you. We're watching you. We're inside your head right now. And let me tell <gasps> you, we've got a... Don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Sorry. Brad's a little scared. He's a little claustrophobic at times. <gasps> Goodness knows I can be that way too, but I got my eyes closed oh, inside boy. your head. And I don't know how small the space is. But listen to us. Hey, listen, listen, listen. We got a great show for you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belvedere episode one of season six came out of the gate with with all the hope and promise a Belvedere episode could. I think it was yeah, yeah. it was spectacular in many ways. Defo. Yeah, we've got all kinds of uh, news to talk about and world events and kooky things happening. And yeah, we might give some people advice because some people, mm. certain demographics of people, Brad, mm. need it the most this time in these high holiday times. Let's just oh, say that definitely. Also, like to wish everyone a late happy holiday since 9 11 has already passed. We are now in the thick of the holiday season. Happy holidays! Happy holidays! It's begun! Really quickly, before we really get started, started, I would love to talk just slightly about my 9 11 experience. Kept meaning to call in, but we have Joey during the week for most of the days, and he makes it would have been almost impossible to sneak away uh, given our present work schedule to wish you guys a happy holiday. So I apologize. Had a child to take care of who doesn't know or care about 9-11 cause he's a five-year-old. I think there's a, I think there's a time when the shadow is gone at a certain point. Is that right or wrong? Cause nine 11 year olds, they were in the shadow, mm-hmm. but I think we've maybe gone past a point to where young kids aren't. doesn't matter. Not the holiday's over. All I need to say as I was in Cincinnati driving, and on a billboard, it just said nine, then it had a picture of the two towers, and then it had zero one against Ugh. a white backdrop and smoke coming out of the towers. Apropos of just 9-11. Huge billboard, and it was digital, so it would cycle through. Nothing else, it just said 9-11. There was no tagline of who put it up there, not like, uh, have you forgotten, or support the troops, or live and let live, or... Anything. It was just nine, a picture of the two towers, and then zero one. <sighs> Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Gross. 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 You and Jonathan did an amazing ep- job, though, in the last episode. I really thought it was Thank great. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry that I'm sorry that we almost forgot, and I had to send a, a panicked email. I really, you really, I, it slipped my mind just how disturbing the Have You Forgotten song is. Yeah. Like, it's always jarring. It's never not. Brad, you know what isn't jarring? Mm-hmm. Promises. Oh, promises. Promises. Making them, keeping them, eating them. <gasps> Guys, I got some Dove promises here. Um, they were on sale today. So, nice. uh, grocery store, and I was like, well, I think I'll be picking up uh, two bags of Dove promises then. So, Ooh. uh... A thrifty promise. Hmm, I like it. Buy one, get one free. Well, well, well. I think I will. And I did. And here they are. <laughs> Guys, um... <and laughs> just a promise from Dove to you. <clears throat> Go anywhere but home. 
That is amazing. <laughs> go anywhere but home. Just go. Just Listen, go. Guys, you're listening to the podcast now. You're driving home from work. Go anywhere but home. Just go somewhere else. If you feel like that resonates with you, just go anywhere. Listen, listen, just go anywhere but home. Don't be there right now, okay? Get out. Break away from your schedule. How many go, people... Go, go go, go to a restaurant, have an appetizer, and then leave. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Just do, do whatever you want to, but just don't go home right now. Dove has your back. You can easily interpret it that way. There are people who are going to be on the, <laughs> on the very, very last straw of their emotions who are going <laughs> to eat that and never go home. <laughs> Families and lives destroyed. Yeah. And there's some people who will take that advice also um, a little close to heart, won't go home, and then they will go to their home the next day, and it will either be robbed or it will be burnt to the ground. But what if they were inside the home at the time? They could have been killed or died in a fire. Ooh. So maybe it's a good thing they didn't go home. A lot of possibilities. What but if whatever Dove you do is a prophet? Dove could be a prophet. It could be the new Nostradamus. A Nostradamus for the uh, for the new century, hmm. for the new millennium. Hey, Alex. Yes. Revive the art of conversation. We're doing it <laughs> right been... now, guys. We're doing it. We're already doing a dove dummy, and also sweep them off their feet. Sweep oh. them off their feet. All of these are amazing. There's... Sweep them off their feet. There's three. Uh, maybe maybe later in the show, we'll, I'll break out another promise for you guys. But that's what I got at the moment. Don't go home. Revive the art of conversation, sweep them off their feet. Which I'm also interpreting to be sweep the leg from Karate Kid, because that's just Mm. amazing. Brad, there's a new app that I think you should get, because it really is everything you've ever wanted in technology to help you do. Mm. It's called Avoid Humans. I like it. It's a web app that uh, that uses information from Foursquare and Instagram to basically tell you where a lot of people are due to their social media and basically just letting you know where not to go. Hmm. It's really that easy. Okay, all right, all right. If you bring it up, it tells you all the places in your um, general area that are hopping and lets you know if people are there. If it's green, it's safe to go if you don't like people. If it's yellow, it's a mixed bag, but if it's red, it tells you not to go there. That's just a little tip from me to you guys. If you're looking to avoid people in this holiday season, go to this website, see what's up. Brad, there's something else that you might want to you might want to start doing at your job. Now I'm looking at an article that says how to move how to move more at your day job, a 15-step guide to better mobility for cubicle dwellers. Okay, all right. Um there are a lot of things in here that seem self-evident. Obviously, sit properly. You don't. You have to sit properly. Uh, make sure that your desk um, is at the proper height. One of the things it advocates is to get a desk that can go up and down. So a desk that you could technically stand at and adjust to your height where you can stand, because that's a trend in using desks these days. But also get really low, because the third thing they suggest is already off the rails. It's something that no human being should ever do, and that's try squatting at work. No. No, nobody's going to do that. Brad, you've got to start squatting at work. No, you don't. It helps with your lower back. It also helps you to stay nimble on your feet for reasons unknown. Squatting, just like 10 to 20 minutes an hour, 
10 We're to straight. 20 minutes an hour. <laughs> you need to be squatting for 10 to 20 minutes an hour. Um, guess what no one has ever done? They've never squatted for 10 to 20 minutes an hour. Why? What would you think if you were walking at your job and you turned the corner and everyone was squatting as opposed to sitting or standing at a desk? Uh, I would think something terrible is happening. Um, that you can't do that. That's crazy, Doc. That's there's uncomfortable, a... and it's weird as fuck. There's also, a... wow, how does this work? Because guess what? Nobody's desk, nobody gets to choose, like, adjustable desk for their job. If you have a oh. job where you get to choose your desk, then you're making the kind of money where you don't have to worry about a lot of bullshit. <laughs> um... I like to squat for 10 to 20 minutes every hour. Keeps me keeps me in nimble. Uh, yeah, it, it? I don't even know if they could sell desks that can you can drop to the floor and then also extend up to standing height yeah, or in you're, between. You're paying a lot like, extra money for this desk, and uh, um, unless you're self-employed or working for a super small like hipster indie company, this is not gonna fly. You work for a corporation, and then you're like, Hey, uh, by the way, I think we should all have adjustable desks uh, that can be raised and lowered at will so some of us can squat for 10 to 20 minutes a day. <laughs> and I mean, by a day, I mean an hour. 20 minutes an hour. So for 20 minutes, you're squatting. <laughs> then you move your desk up, and then you, you sit in a chair for 40 minutes. What are you talking about? Well, you've got to be standing for at least five minutes at some point during that hour, too. Let's oh, not okay. forget that. So then you're like working, you can... then you work in like breaks and like a lunch break and everything. You're spending like most of your day adjusting this desk is what you're doing. You also have to be moving around while you're in a squat. Like you have to be constantly pivoting and moving. I don't know how much work you're going to do if you're constantly fidgeting. No. Just moving around, squatting. Now I'm sitting, now I'm standing, now I'm back down to a squat. I don't understand. No, like if you this have this is... much back problems, you should start with your chair. Yeah. And your posture. Or just, like, do shit, like, for your back, like, on your yeah. own time. Yeah, on your own time. On your own time. fucking time. Listen, I'm having some back issues currently because uh, last week after having the wisdom teeth out, I was, you know, la laid up in bed for, you know, like, four days. Um, and so all that time in bed did not do well for my back once I'm not taking pain meds anymore. Yeah. So, and part of your... Part of that's your fault for not taking... 10 to 20 minutes every hour to squat. I, what I should have done uh, was just squatted for 20 minutes an hour um, and then changed the gauze in my mouth. <laughs> um, so someone at work brought this article up to our attention and I, I ridiculed it as much as we just did. I said, this is fucking ridiculous. No one's going to... Squatting at work not only looks weird, but how, can it, how much can it really help you? Mm -hmm. So I challenged this coworker to squat at his desk and then we both squatted just to show each other this is crazy. And it was crazy. It was so weird. People looked at us and were like, what the fuck are you doing? No one was like, oh, squatting, that's normal. Because it's not normal. No, no it's Who not. are these weirdos advocating squatting at your desk? What is no. your real agenda, guys? I don't... Fuck that. Don't squat at your desk, ladies and gentlemen. If some and guru... And for 20 minutes, like, I, I, like, when I've got some back issues and I'm really trying to work it out, like, I, like, sometimes, you know, like, on a break, I'll walk around for a while, and then I, I will, I will, you know, do, I will squat and, like, do, you know, stretch my back a little bit, but I'm not gonna hold that for 20 minutes because that's crazy. You know what else is crazy? This is a list of, like, 15 things, and again, mm -hmm. all of them, except for the squatting thing, are pretty 
uh, pretty tame, except for number seven, which is use your human feet. Um, as opposed to... Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Alex. Um, I know we've been... The podcast, we've only been recording for 15 minutes, but we were talking for about five minutes before that. So if you'll just excuse me. Yeah, you um, gotta... You gotta squat. All right. All right, continue. Okay. Um, I'm already kind of in a squatting position because I'm sitting... Um, uh, sitting? You mean squatting? Crossed. I am kind of... I could technically squat. All right. Ah. <sighs> Let's this actually does uh, not really help. Use your human feet is basically just saying to wear little to no uh, shoes. Fuck that shit. Yes, I knew immediately when I read this that there was so much wrong with it, but just kind of kind of sandwiched in. You know, all this stuff about your back, sitting in your chair. All also, right, I'm getting back in don't the chair. Wear sh- don't wear shoes and squat. Don't wear shoes and squat. <sighs> nope. No thank you. I will I will use my human feet inside of shoes and I will not squat when I'm at work. There's a limit use to these things. Use your human feet. Um what are you not using your human feet when you wear shoes? That's like the job of shoes. You put them on your human feet. They don't go on your hands. You're not walking on your hands, assholes. I don't know what they're going to advocate next. Maybe they will say that. Okay, 10 to 20 minutes squatting and then 10 to 20 minutes uh in a handstand walking around. Mhm. And then another 10 to 20 minutes Standing, And if you have any time after that, you know, maybe just sit. <laughs> maybe do work during that, that whatever you, time you, you have any, left. If you have any time on your break, maybe you could uh, write up some reports for us. Like a healthy employee is um, better for you than an unhealthy employee. I should get my squats in. Um, Switching gears slightly. Now, we do know in this past holiday season, there was a lot of talk about guns and amendments and stuff, because it's 9-11. People get a little spirited about random things, and gross guns are one of them. Um, so a California company called Alternative Ballistics has developed an easy-to-install accessory for handguns, which promises to make bullets non-lethal, allowing law enforcement to incapacitate a suspect without causing life-threatening injuries. Um, so basically there's an, an accessory that you pop on to a handgun. It's an orange kind of clip-on, and on the front of it is a giant metal kind of ball. It's about like an inch in diameter, and it's like a bearing. So basically what this is, is it's supposed to blunt the shot, your first shot, because this is only usable once. You put it on your gun and you say, you know, freeze or whatever you need to do whenever you're using your gun. And if they don't do it, you shoot. And the actual an actual bullet goes into this sphere, and then the sphere becomes the bullet, and then that bullet hits the whoever you're aiming at, assuming you have good aim. So it takes your first bullet that you shoot and makes it non-lethal-ish, because it's still going to hit you pretty hard, but it does slow it down. It makes it a lot bigger, so the odds of it going through you are slimmer. But it's definitely going to break bone if it hits you. And it's supposed to be a, a shot that's supposed to incapacitate, not kill someone. I don't know if this is... This is weird. Why are we doing this? How about we just don't have guns? You know what's a good way not to shoot and kill someone? Not have a gun. Yeah. Why would you make something... Why not just not shoot people? Yeah. I mean... Why no, no, are we're, we're gonna slow the bullet. We're gonna slow down the bullet, so it still hurt. Don't worry, it's gonna hurt somebody, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna kill them as much. It probably won't kill them. 
it absorbs like 80% of the impact, so it's like it's more like a really stern push when it hits them. And it'll break bone for sure. Also, it's weird I mean, orange, so it makes your gun look like a toy. So, uh, I, I, like, I don't understand. I don't know. Just and no every, gun. No gun. Also, first, most people when they shoot, I would assume if you're trained, only shoot once. But if you shoot two times, it's over. Because the first bullet is the non-lethal one. But all the ones after that are still lethal because this is a one-time use thing. Why aren't you using rubber bullets if you don't want to hurt anyone? Why yeah. do you have a one-shot to make sure, and then now I'm lethal? It just seems weird. Like, why did you develop this? Yeah, who's this for? I'm assuming it's. it says it's designed, um, I guess, with cops in mind, but still, it's... Well, hey, cops just don't murder people, and we're cool. Like, how about... Like, what happened to, like, I, like, use your tasers reasonably. Don't go, so like, because, like, people get crazy and they start tasing everybody as well. Like, how about we just, like, proper force and don't murder people? Cool? That's, that's, then you know what, Brad? That sounds good to me. That sounds good to me. I don't understand why we have to do, why people want to do this. I want to be able to fire one safest shot and then be able to use the rest as I see fit. I don't know, but then again, I'm not a policeman, so I don't. I don't know. I'm not even sure. This has to be for law enforcement, because what idiot? Well, I mean, yeah, because it's for who, nobody else. A, no, because everyone else wants to kill with their guns. Yeah, everybody else they wants want to murder people. Shot. Like they yeah, love they their, murdering. Yeah, they need their first shot to be a kill shot. Yeah. No, no one's going to voluntarily do this. And plus, I guess if you were a gun enthusiast, it would make your gun look kind of dumb, because it's like, oh, you got a baby's toy over there with your orange thing on there and your big metal ball. Like, I shoot to kill, because I'm crazy, and I have a gun fetish. I don't know. Yeah. It just I, get, I get, like, a mad trouble. boner for for um looking for excuses to murder things. Hey, did you see this picture of me and an animal I murdered? Cool, right? It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, I murdered it. It didn't even see me coming. I was wearing camouflage, and then I murdered it. Cool. Great hobby. Maybe collect a stamp. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if people took one, like a like a hobby-like hunting, which is generally frowned upon, in the Ramjack community, I know in the greater world at large, and if things were different, we would have to hunt, but like, given our modern society, of course, hunting is just not, why do you do that? Why are you doing that? Yeah. And then they were, they suddenly took up a, an alternative hobby, like stamp collecting or scrapbooking. Hmm. Both shitty hobbies, I will grant you. Yeah, definitely shitty hobbies. I will absolutely hobbies. grant you terrible shitty hobbies. But if it's that or murder animals for kicks, um, collect those stamps. Brad, I need you to help me really quick. What is a non-shitty hobby? Because all the things I can think of in my head that are like generally considered hobbies are <laughs> shitty. Like in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, I guess you could make, you know, pick up games of some sort of like league sport at your local sporting complex. Mm -hmm. That's kind of shitty, though, because you're just playing sports and that's yeah. weird. You could make a podcast. Most of those are pretty damn shitty. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, guys, you're lucky you're listening to us. You could be listening to some real crap. Oh, so yeah, uh, I really liked this episode of this random TV show. I thought it was very interesting when so-and-so showed up. Did you think it was very interesting? Yeah, I thought it was uh, very interesting. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Is anyone hello? there? Is anyone there? Is anyone there? What? Hello? Is anyone there? Hello, this is Merman. <laughs> I just want to say I'm really excited about this season. Ooh. Did you guys start without me?
<laughs> oh, guys, podcasts are mostly garbage. Let's all admit it. Oh, boy. I would... I, the things that we occupy our time with, I mean, mm. none are better than the other. I, it's... We enjoy... Oh, no, no, no. Some are definitely better than the Some other. Some are better. I mean, true. A lot really of them, a lot of them are really bad. A lot of them are really super, bad. A lot of them are super bad. I guess it really depends on how you approach it. Um, yeah. Alex, um, I've got some people here. They need some advice. Um, these are uh, people on uh, Reddit. They have paranormal questions. Um, oh. And they're looking for advice. And uh, well, I think we need to help them. So we're gonna play giving advice. The game. Hi guys, I'm a my beer five six two. I have a terrible username. Um, <laughs> demons in prostitute motel rooms. No oh boy. I've been going to escort websites like Backpage, Craigslist, and others, but mainly Backpage <laughs> and Craigslist for a while now. Normally, I go there just to look and get my mind of things when I'm stressed out and want a cheap thrill by looking at these prostitutes online. You get a thrill by looking at prostitutes online? Like, why don't you just look at porn? Brad, it's his hobby. <laughs> yes. Shitty hobby. I guess the thrill for him is that if he wanted to, he could pay for these prostitutes? I don't know. This is weird. I guess. I guess. Um... <clears throat> After a long time of doing this, since I was 21, now I'm 27, I have been noticing a lot of weird stuff in the background of these women. And Uh-oh. the majority of times I've seen weird things behind them is when they take pictures in front of mirrors and when the room they are in is dark or little light. These faces look like a combination of monsters, gargoyles, and UFO alien faces. Oh, so the whole trifecta. (laughs) All three. Uh, Sometimes they are easy to spot, and sometimes they are hard to see. In parentheses. Like you really gotta look and scan the background to see them. (laughs) I seen faces underneath the beds, in the walls, in the mirror of another mirror. Ellipses, what? no space. I In the mirror of another mirror, ellipses, no space. Sometimes you see it in the faces of the prostitutes. Especially their eyes! Exclamation point. Like their eyes and face change so weird like their faces get distorted somewhat. And their eyes are like lizard shape. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. These are constant patterns I've been noticing lately. It's kind of hard to see anything when these prostitutes go to a professional photographer and they do all kinds of Photoshop stuff to their pictures. Wait, (laughs) professional photographers? What's that like? What's it like being a prostitute photographer? Look, (laughs) I photograph prostitutes and I do a really good Photoshop job afterwards. I make sure to cut out any of the riffraff behind him. You got demons, you got aliens, you got Bigfoot. I'm gonna get him out of there. I'm an expert at what I do. I'll also get. I'll also take about two years off of you. Here's what my portfolio. Do. It's uh, it's mostly uh, uh weddings, uh, um, um, family reunions, and uh, prostitutes. Now notice, uh, notice all the demons and UFO alien faces I take out of these prostitute photos. I was about to say, where are the demons in the pro- in, in the uh, uh, UFO aliens? Now you'll see in this one under the bed. I I didn't quite get him. He's in a mirror. No, in a mirror. They'll, they'll get you. Those mirrors within the mirror ones are tough. 
The best way to see these things lurking in their motel rooms is when they take the pictures in the motel rooms with little light, like I said before. <laughs> if you look closely, you can see these things. I'm not saying that every picture has them, or you will see things. Yes, you are. You are saying we will see things. <laughs> some have them, some don't. But if you're like me, they go to these escort websites every day. <laughs> you can you can find some, I can almost guarantee it. If you look at a lot of escorts pictures. <laughs> what a weird little fetish. Um, just today I went to an escort page and clicked on this girl's page because she had big titties. And there it was, a fucking demon on the far back of the room in the shadow area behind her and her friend taking the picture in front of the mirror. I decided I would post it for everyone because I believe that these demons are with them watching them engage in sexual intercourse all night. Oh, well, are they paying? Are the demons paying? Because if you're just going to watch, I think you at least owe it. I mean... Well, here is the link to it, proof of what I've been seeing for a while now. You be the judge if you want to go ahead and look at the escort websites, go ahead and see if you too can find some shit. Don't go to the high-end esco high escorts, look for the escorts that are in the low-income section. <laughs> There's low-income sections! Oh no! They are ones with the best proof since they don't Photoshop or alter their pictures much. Here is the link. Alright, now I'm going to open this link and, I, and then I'm going to copy it and send it to you. Okay, let's see if um, we can find some demons. Let's see if the pareidolia that <laughs> infects yeah. most animals can uh, help us to see some demons. Now I just want to Photoshop demons into everything. I know, right? I want to um, make... I want to... I don't... I support this odd... Now, uh, um, the picture is in the last rose. It's the one with two girls in the mirror. Two dots... Two dot ellipses. Demon is on the right side behind the brunette girl. You can't miss it. All right, I'm gonna go find the one with. Okay, two fo two. Okay, two girls. Well, there's a couple with two girls. Um. Oh boy. Um. Um. I think that's a child. I think I there's a baby in the back of this photo. All right, I'm bringing it up. I just I just saw it. That's a kid. I don't see anything. Um. Or is it? Is it I, the one with the uh, the Asian woman? Yeah. Over, oh, no, on the side, there's like Over a Over her shoulder? Uh, that's her hair, I think, or her earring. No, 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 um... Okay, we're looking at different pictures. Yeah, um, the first one on the bottom row. Oh, that's, a, yeah, that's a different one. Different one. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a kid in the background. Over, where would the kid be? Over is her shoulder? The, is it like, by the demon or not by the demon? I, Holy it, shit! It, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't see anything. <laughs> Like, um, in, in the back of the room, um, by the curtain, uh, the, there's the, there's the lampshade, um... Yeah, there's the lampshade, there's darkness, and then there was that, that could be a kid back there. It could I, be a gray, or a, it could be a kid. Could be a per it could be an adult, but I think it's a kid. Uh, I think this is pareidolia, that's nothing. That can't be, I don't think that's a kid. Really? I think it's definitely oh. a person, or something. Uh, there's someone there. I don't know if there's someone there. What? Are we looking at the same photo? We are. Okay. Well, it, it would be odd if there was someone there. If it was a little kid, then they would be, like, in a chair or something. Which, if they're in a hotel, yeah. that would make sense because there would be one by one of these things. It would also be a really small child. I do know how to do... I do know how to find out. I will take this photo and take it into Photoshop, and then we will be able to change the levels and everything, and I'll be able to mm -hmm. see if there's actually something there. Brad, if it gets a little too spooky, oh, I just no. need you... I just need you to know 
Alright. I'll just clip this. I'll clip just that small area. I don't wanna I don't wanna explain to anyone why I have oh, pictures boy. of prostitutes <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Brad. Any is there anything else this person's talking about? Or do we wanna um, like I I kind of hope that demons do exist in the backgrounds of things, because that would be pretty hilarious. That would be great. I know demons aren't real, so I know it's an impossibility. And I also don't know what this person's trying to to go to gain by telling us that there are demons and things. Like it just seems like they're like, look, I'm into looking at I'm I'm into looking at escorts. Is that normal? P.S. Um, there might be demons or stuff in the background. No big deal. No okay, big deal. I, listen, um, I I just want to go to other people's comments on this because it's getting crazy. Um, first one, um, I've noticed the same thing. Something is off about those photos you were mentioning. Even the photos I've seen on my local Craigslist ads and back page. What are the hell is back pages? Is that just prostitutes? That's that's a new, that's a new site for prostitutes, Brad. I'm not gonna lie to you. When I zoom into this thing, it is fucking terrifying because it looks like a gray. It looks like a fucking baby gray. But let me let me bring the levels up. Could be it could be anything. <laughs> let me change certain things to see what happens. Holy fuck! <laughs> Holy shit! That is terrifying. There is a person back there. Um, I think it's another prostitute. Huh. I think it's just another prostitute, or it could be a sex doll, or it could be a demon or a gray. I really can't tell. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, but there, there is a person back there. There's definitely somebody back there. It's not a kid because of the way that okay. they have uh, their eyelashes or something. Oh, okay. It definitely looks like... Because you can see an ear, and you can see what looks like like half of a shaved head, and then like their hair flips Yeah, over. as I'm zooming in, yeah, it definitely looks more adult. Okay. Um, even it the photos does... Does kind of look like a gray, though. I'm not gonna lie to you. That that kind of uh, uh, terrifies me. Reminds me of this one time I actually went to a rundown motel to meet up with a hooker I saw on back pages. <laughs> they this really hotel, love this back pages. They this really a pimp do. On like Reddit, just trying to get people I, to come to their stuff. I guess uh, uh, this hotel to come to their stuff. Come to uh, you. Uh, I don't know. To get new clients. Go ahead. This hotel was kind of on the outskirts of a ghetto. Oh, the outskirts of a ghetto. Well, isn't the outskirts of a ghetto, uh, like, moving up? <laughs> like, I mean, the ghetto is kind of the in the suburbs, part. but not. It's the outskirts of the ghetto. Yeah, yeah. Um, poor neighborhood, but was close to the interstate where a lot of truckers could meet prostitutes. The hallways looked like a fucking scene from The Shining. Really white and eerie with stains on the wall and old dirty carpet. Smelt like a mix of cigarettes, weed, and God knows what kind of food an Indian family was burning in their stove. All right, all right, Wow, all right. racist. Um, also sounds like my old apartment. Um, <laughs> I made it to the, the... Like, that hallway was always a nightmare. Um, I made it to the door and knocked. Beelzebub's voice echoed out through the door. Come in. And I knew then and there I was in for a treat. What? As I opened the door, a cold draft came over me and I could see my breath. The upside-down crucifix hanging on the side wall added to my excitable fear. Then I saw it, a large black demonic figure seemingly rising from the abyss of hell right before my eyes. Oh boy. I was about ready to lunge for the nightstand to grab the ho holy, H-O-L-E-Y, bibble, um, until I realized that this figure was just my large black prostitute. Oh, this is an asshole making a joke. Fuck you. He got us, Brad. I don't He got us. You asshole. Um, you thought it was real demons in the background. I thought it was a crazy person. It was just an asshole making a joke. 
Um, but then um, other people are responding like, pretty sure that's a guy just sitting there. Bodyguard. So yeah, there's usually a guy waiting outside slash in contact with the women. They don't have to be big because there's more of them if needed. What kind of weird seedy underworld are you uncovering I, for us here on Ramjack today, Brad? Like, I don't know. I, I Demons, guess aliens, we're, all at a truck stops. all about prostitutes, I guess. Well, look, I mean, extraterrestrials and fucking demons need work, too. Why can't they be bodyguards? I mean, if I was, you know, trying to shortchange a prostitute and suddenly a demon rolled up on me, my whole worldview would change. So, of course, I'm just going to throw my money at it or run. So, okay. I guess it makes sense. It's it's a back page. It's not back pages. It's backpage.com. And this seemingly is just a listing of uh, prostitutes, I guess. Weird. How is, um, I how is that not being shut down or profiled by police? That's a good question. I'm just going to... All right. Let's see what's happening. What's happening? Let's see what's happening here. What's happening in Orlando? Orlando. Oh, uh, what? Oh, okay, Surprise. so this is, a, this is just like a Craigslist, but it also yeah. has escorts. Okay. It's a Craigslist. That's it's a like, little seedier. It's like Craigslist and prostitutes. So, escorts. Um, what the fuck? I'm beginning to wonder if that other question about can a can a half demon exist? What was mm -hmm. the question we had a few weeks ago? Yeah, a few episodes back. Look, look. Just for asking for a friend, can a half demon, half human exist? I, I I can't I can't help but think that these stories are related in some way. If this guy's uncovering demons in the background of this strange. I think, I, I think I've uncovered a demon. Um, Alex, I clicked on this one because it said, I'm a bad girl. And, uh, oh, bad boy. Oh, let me tell you, I think there's some demons in these photos. <laughs> oh, ah. Nope, 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 nope. Brad, you gotta be careful, man. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not looking at backpage.com. Don't send me that link. Ugh. Ugh. This is gross. I don't want to see it. Quit sending me things. Uh. Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> I want to help someone who has a real paranormal problem. By yeah. that, I mean someone who's actually crazy and not some sicko. Ugh. All right, Alex. Um, I, this person needs some advice. Um, strange desert creature. Trash account. I'm just a trash account. Twenty nine oh eight. Just a trash account. Twenty nine oh eight. Trash account. So the government won't follow me. I remember reading somewhere about this creature that was encountered in the American Southwest. Parentheses. Space. Space. In Arizona, I believe. It was described as looking like a walking dead tree. A, a walking dead. Like a walk. Like a tree. Walking dead. Or a walking yeah, yeah. dead tree. A walking dead tree with leaf-like scales and long-clawed hands. The description went on to say it attacked a witness car, a witness's car at night and left long gouges in the hood of her car. I've never been able to find anything else on this being. Can anyone help? Alex, can you help? Wow. Um, it looks like a walking dead tree with leaf-like okay. scales and long-clawed hands. Okay. A walking dead tree. Mm-hmm. So a zombie tree. Zombie tree. Odd because zombie trees themselves don't walk, so a zombie one walking is ab is absolutely terrifying. Absolutely, it has it has scales like mm -hmm. tree bark, and right. it has long clawed hands, unlike any type of tree we have ever seen before. 
I'm going to guess that this isn't this isn't real. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that this creature is the figment of someone's imagination or someone in a tree skin <laughs> running around terrorizing people. I think it's that sounds, hasn't clipped their fingernails. I think it's a tree. <laughs> I think that's what you think it's Brad's pretty sure think, it's just a tree. It's I not moving. Like he, You're he, moving. I think maybe he thinks it was walking. Uh, but in fact, it's actually just a dead tree. And those aren't long clawed hands, those are branches. I would say in a similar <laughs> similar vein, when you're a kid and look up at the moon, it looks like it's always following you, like it's yeah. moving with you. A, a tree at a distance, I think, could also kind of have the same uh, mm -hmm. effect. So this guy must have been driving and seen a tree out in the middle of a field and thought, holy shit, that, that walking dead tree is moving. Now, Look at those I, claws! As a person that's watched um, the X-Files, I can say there's a huge possibility it's also conquistadors that found the Fountain of Youth. Oh! Um, because Ponce de Leon um, is a, uh, um, a tree monster in the X-Files. So, oh. that's entirely possible. Oh, I didn't it could, think about that. It could, it, it's probably Ponce de Leon. Wow. The Ponce de Leon. Finding the Fountain of Youth but being tricked, because guess what? It's becoming a tree monster. With happens, long happens, happens. Look, Brad, I know what you saw is hard for you to get out of your head. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Fucking hell, I- I'm I was... resisting the urge to click on the link that you sent me. Well, I, I made a worse mistake, because uh -oh. I, um, uh, as opposed to just seeing the listings, I clicked the one that has gallery, so I just see all these fucking prostitutes, like, Photos and fucking hell, like, yikes! Now what's the yeah! what's the ratio? What's the ratio of prostitutes just by themselves to prostitutes being accompanied by either a bodyguard whose um, origin or existence we may not know of? Um, it seems to be mostly just singletons. Okay, so humans, not just humans. I, well, just humans. No I don't want to say just humans. No unicorns. Single, uh, single figures. Are they human? I don't know about some of these. I don't know. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Look away, Brad. Turn your head. Stay your hand and close the window. Come back to us at Ramjack. Come back. <sighs> um, Alex. Question. What's up? Uh, oh, there's a lot of people that just want to know what these monsters are called. Um, a beautiful woman who lures unsuspecting travelers to her tribe of skinwalker-like creatures. Anyone know what she's called? Uh, my gr um, hi guys. I'm just a whoop ah. <laughs> um, that's uh, three O's, um, a P, a capital A, and three H's. A whoop ah. Hi guys, I'm just a whoop. Ah, my grandfather used to tell me a story about this legend. He never mentioned what she's called, but here's what he told me: a spirit in the form of a beautiful, pale woman wearing nothing but a short, flowy dress stalks male travelers in the woods. She catches his attention, grabs his hand, and asks him to follow her. She leads him back to her tribe of tall, emaciated skinwalker, skinwalker-like creatures who feed on his flesh and then turn him into one of them. He told me this story once when I was younger and I swore that it's real slash he saw her, but unfortunately he didn't mention her name. 
<laughs> I love creepy legends like this, so I was wondering if anyone has heard of a similar story and might know what she's called. Unless she would just be considered a skinwalker. Alex, is this just a skinwalker, or is it, does she have a specific name? Now, for those who may not be aware of the Navajo legend of the skinwalker, a skinwalker is a person with the ability to turn into any animal they desire. Hmm. Because when you first started talking, I immediately thought of, like, vampires or, like, succubuses or some sort of weird mythological creature that's a woman, maybe a siren of some sort, maybe some sort of, uh, I'm not even sure what other female, I mean, a lot of female myths of creatures were all about luring and seducing men mm -hmm. back in the day anyway. So I thought, nah, this is probably one of those. But when you said the word skinwalker, that's when I realized we're dealing with New World slash the world before we came to it, North of the Americas. And I do not know of this legend of this woman who lures people into the woods to her tribe of skinwalkers. No, I, I do not. I don't know her name. Um, I'm going to say she's a skinwalker. I'm I also going to say that she's not real because let's just be honest. Can, can we get real for just a second on Ramjack? We like to have fun here. We like to joke around. But I want to say almost emphatically, skinwalkers aren't real, right? Ah, uh, well, no. No, skinwalkers are not real. <laughs> what is real is the terrorists you'll find on Backpage.com. Fucking hell. Look, there is no monster in the forest, but there is a corner of the internet that has all the monsters and fear invoking uh, you know photography you know, that you'll listen, ever need. Listen, here's the, na here's the name of a monster for you. Um, Hayes La Baruca. Um, don't know what that means, but, uh, my name is Hayes, wanna play? Um, that's a monster. Yeah. Skinwalkers. Ooh. I will say it's interesting, in the myth of, myth of skinwalkers, it says on the Wikipedia page, uh, to be able to transform, legend sometimes requires that the skinwalker wear a pelt of the animal they want to transform into. In most cases, this pelt is not used in modern times because it would make it obvious that they're a skinwalker. <laughs> so what do they use now? We got a lot of skinwalkers walking around that don't can't use their powers because they'll be discriminated against. Ah, everyone knows. Um, okay. Possibly the best documented skinwalker belief is that related to the Navajo. Um, and there's a certain type of witch... Um, whose name I cannot pronounce because it's written here in Navajo and I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Well, I think we found the answer. It's a skinwalker witch. Yeah, it's there, she she leads the skinwalkers. Huh. They they have a witch. Well, there you go. Um, Alex, Those were, I feel like I've given you some easy questions, pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. But I got one more for you. Now, this uh -oh. may be... Yeah, this is going to be difficult, Alex. Okay, I'm ready for it. Because... Ready. BBD 2014. Hi guys, I'm just a BBD 2014. What and I was contacted telepathically or by a ghost to finish their work in Pi. P.I. Um. Oh. Hi guys, I'm just a BBD 2014. What is, what is BBD? No idea. Um, that's probably a thing. Uh, recently I have, I'm sure we can find out on, on Backpage. Let me get to Backpages really quick. What oh, is it? Oh boy. BBD 18, you say? BBD 2014. Urban Dictionary. Uh, BBD. Is a bigger, better deal. Hmm. It is also a Bell Biv DeVoe album. Oh. It's also <laughs> so, no. beers, burgers, and desserts. 
<laughs> I like that one. That's who it is. Look, yeah. guys. Hey, I'm guys. Just about beers, burgers, and desserts here in 2014. Uh, recently, I have had strange co- coincidences happening to me, which led me to believe there was a message in Pi. Hmm. Well, uh, and again, we're talking about the number pie, not the food, even though this person is all about beers, burgers, and desserts. Um, <laughs> well, I found it in the first digits of pie, but that is not why I'm here. After finding the message, I search online for others with the same experiences, many similar but not exact until I found the site piemobius.com. This would be now 83-year-old woman posts the exact instructions needed to find the hidden message. And then there's like a stupid fucking link to some messages. She explains that 314159 are coded and 26535 is literal from what I found that was correct. I'm just gonna fucking send you this fucking link because I'm already like, this is stupid. Um, Guys, we are going to be um, doing our best. Now I'm scared to tap on anything because I'm afraid it's going to be a back page well, redirect. Well, I know this is just some... If you're just going to surprise me with a back page redirect. Oh, Suddenly the boy. monsters are there. Oh, God, they are some monsters. Um, she explains that 314159 are coded and 26535 is literal. From what I found, that was correct. Additionally, she states 314159 needs cross-summing, in quotes. Summing means finding the sum of two or more sums, and that is what I found to be accurate. Finally, she states 2653 forms a pattern of 3562653 are merged into the cross summing. This is also true. 26535 is literally zis, a Romanian word for 10, and 10 is used to create the two sums of the cross summing. <laughs> I do not know if this woman is alive or dead. <laughs> if she is alive, Either she contacted me telepathically, or we were, or we both were contacted by the same entity. If she has passed, then she contacted me to finish her work in pie. I am sure her or her family would appreciate the things I have found. So if you can help find her or her family, please post. Thank you for your time and enjoy. Um, the first comment is gold. From what we currently understand of mathematically, pi is infinite. Okay. There's a theory that states that everything is in pi, including the code for the universe. Fuck, does it that is mean? infinite. I usually subscribe to this idea. It makes sense from what I understand of the theory and numbers and whatnot. <laughs> this idea that infinity encapsulates the recipe for the universe makes sense in my understanding of math, numbers, and everything, or whatnot. What are you talking about? Is someone contacting you? Maybe. But if you are determined to find a message in Pi, you will find it. Well, yeah, because that's what they're doing. Yeah. Because it is in there. In your head, I mean. Along with a contradicting message a few integers down. Bum, bum, bum. I... None of this makes any sense. No. Why? What is this... Okay, these these first couple of these first what seven numbers in pi are coded, and then the rest of them are literal. What? Uh, oh, there's also something called cross summing. For those who aren't aware, it's called cross summing, and I found this to be accurate. What the fuck is cross summing, and what are you finding that's accurate? Uh, well, Alex, I mean, I mean, come on. 
I mean, Alex, um, there's a couple of links to some images there with some real, um, some real, uh, crazy people, um, mathematics, in which, uh, we see that if you take the numbers and, uh, do a lot of things with them, you can eventually draw a picture of an Egyptian eye. Wow, that makes no sense. No, 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 Three, four, five, six, space. Put a lot of spaces in there. Nine. Um, the nine, a lot of spaces. Nine, nine, and the bottom of five. Uh, that looks like an Egyptian eye, which proves ghosts. <laughs> I don't know if this woman's alive or dead. If she is dead, then I need to contact her family. If she's not, well, then someone contacted both of us. I, this is crazy. Like. I mean, this is what? no different than those people who think in, like, the original Hebrew text you can find secret messages. Yeah. It's like, you if, you if you spend enough time, you can make anything a code of anything. This is bad thinking. This is bad, stupid thinking. You don't, like, st this is not how you find information. This is not useful. And also, numbers, I you don't... You don't really have a good grasp on what numbers are and what they represent. If someone asked you what numbers were, and you said anything other than they are a tool to help us do things, you're wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> that's all they are. Pi is not a message. Pi is a number we use that help us that helps us to understand circles. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It goes on forever because that's what a slope does, you dum dum. I, I, I don't understand what what do you want to find there. It, it's it's like when people talk about DNA as a code. Yeah, that's a metaphor. You can say the genetic code. You can talk about DNA as a code, but it's not a code. Like that's not that's not that metaphor only goes so far. It's because then you get like these people that are fucking like, well, but you got to think who wrote the code. No, you don't. It, it's not really a code. It's not. You, it, that's not. You're misusing the word code. It's a metaphor. That's just it's. Oh, boy, you people. It's I mean, yeah, Brad, you said it. I I hate people like reappropriating words or like. Not necessarily reappropriating words, because in certain cases that's fine in culture and but taking something like pi or even numbers or code and just forcing a weird meaning onto it. Yeah. Or ascribing it to something that it's not applicable to. I mean we use the the word DNA that code in DNA because I mean, yeah, there's a certain sequence to things that do certain things, but it's not like a code code. It's not like a secret formula that some deity made up. A lot of it's a lot of it's junk too. Like, it, it, what do you mean code? It's just it's weird. It's no uh, one's go ahead. You, it's you have such a a, a a light grasp of the topic, and then from that you're trying to extrapolate some bigger thing. But it's already it's based on your own lack of knowledge, and that's the biggest problem. Is your ignorance is allowing you to insert so much nonsense that isn't there. Whereas if you would just take the time to get a better understanding of the base material before you started trying to, like, make up crazy, like, theories, like, I, get a, you have to have a base understanding before you can start extrapolating. And this, this reminds me of our dear, dear friend, uh, creepy, uh, creepy ninja Dustin Peterson, um, and a lot of his theories. 
Which were just like half-assed musings based on his own whims and half-understandings of things from a complete... I, all less than layman's understanding of things. I mean, but that's that's everybody when they're young. Granted, I used the quantifier when they were young. Yeah. But a lot of people just never, I guess, get out of that? You have to know what you don't know. You that's have to important. have some idea of, okay, this is something I don't know anything about. So at least you can have the um, ability like, yeah, I need to learn more about that before I start discussing it. But like, oh man, people don't do it. And especially when you get into these like paranormal circles, oh man, they grab some bullshit and run with it. But there's a lot of weird things of why they do it, right? Like, why are you putting so much effort into thinking the world is magical and strange? I mean, it is awesome. The universe is incredible, and there's all kinds of cool stuff happening in it. But that doesn't mean your weird, skewed view of something based on fears that other people had and made into stories is real at all. Surprise, that's what that is. (laughs) There's no tree monster. There's no weird tree ant in the desert. That's a tree, you idiot. There's no demons in the background of those pictures of um, prostitutes. That's either another prostitute or a uh, a fucking bodyguard. Or it could be a great... I'll be honest, Brad, that picture... and It's probably because I was primed to... Because you said extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. to see a gray, but it looked like a little gray. In which case, that gray... Either grays are small, they didn't realize that, or also there's a baby gray there. And what is it doing? Where are its parents? Does its parents know it's at a prostitute's? Oh, they would be so ashamed. We spent all that money for you to go to college, and then for after college, for you to get to go to Earth. And what did you do? You went and you went and hung out with a prostitute. You went to fucking back pages. Oh. What did we tell you? What did we tell you? Come on, we're going back. But, Mom! No buts. Get in the saucer. Back to Zebulon. We're going to take a cow home, too, but you don't get one. Only we do. Hey, Have Alex? we used... Wait, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to jump in with a uh, promise here real quick. Don't worry what the neighbors think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's things like that, that someone who listens to the podcast who might think that there are um, uh, messages in Pi, they will take that and think it, it's validation to be like, well, you know what? Fuck them. They don't know everything about math. They, don't, they probably can't even say the first ten digits of pi. I have it memorized. Therefore, I know there are messages inside of it. Brad and Alex don't know what they're talking about. Though they did mention Zebulon, and either someone contacted me psychically and told me that, mm. or there's a dead ghost telling me that, because I've heard the word Zebulon before. I don't mm. know if it's in a te- television show, or if someone's dead's trying to contact me and the hosts of Ramjack. But either way, I should probably get in contact with them and tell them about my feelings and stuff. Um... Brad, can I bust some science really quick, or at least a study that I'm not sure about the results of, because it seems like they're jumping to conclusions a little bit, but I don't know. So uh, a team of Canadian researchers have done um, some experiments, some studies, and they um, have one out um, this past week in something called Current Biology. And... I'm going to read this verbatim. Researchers asked nine volunteers to wear robotic exoskeletons, similar to leg braces, that offer resistance when they walk. Is there anything strange about that sentence to you? Wait, say that again? This is from the article. Researchers asked nine volunteers to wear robotic exoskeletons, similar to leg braces, that offer resistance when they walk. 
similar to leg braces. In Canada, are leg braces exoskeletons? <laughs> um, hey Canada, what's up with your exoskeleton leg braces? <laughs> I got a leg brace. I'm also, I can also lift a, a, a ton right now. I have the strength to lift a metric ton. Oh man, I hurt my leg. On the upside, I can now move that piano. <laughs> Easily. Anybody That's need help cool. moving? I just hurt my leg. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. I mean, everyone, I mean, healthcare up here is awesome, and we get it. I, the, the stipulation is if you break your leg, you have to you have to serve the community by wearing a leg brace. Mm -hmm. I think they call it an exoskeleton in other parts of the world. <laughs> That's strange, but all that to say, the team then studied how subjects adjusted to the movement of the exoskeleton, because this exoskeleton would kind of impede your walking. It causes you to have to push harder to walk. Within minutes uh, of donating these braces, each volunteer uh, unknowingly worked out how to modify their step frequency to expand the least amount of effort to use this leg brace slash exoskeleton. Now, the reason they researched this was to um, kind of, I guess, get a grasp on how humans adjust quickly to things. Because this is kind of neat in the fact that something can impede your walking, and within s seconds, really, your body can learn what is it's going against and adjust to where your steps are like they were if you were unimpeded. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's all, I'm assuming, not done in your higher brain functions. It's just something your body does. By and large. Now, they're saying that this might also lend itself to laziness, and it might, it might speak to a broader sense of why humans might become lazy, and they're also saying that this might shed light into... They're, they're also saying that this might, say, this might lend to an idea that humans are biologically wired to be lazy, because our bodies will settle into something and to get out of that is hard because our bodies, even when impeded with something, will automatically adjust to what we're normally used to without a lot of work. If it works for our physical bodies, why can't it also work with our mental stuff? It's saying that we're automatically lazy. Thoughts, Brad? Feelings? I think that's kind of a big jump. Mm-hmm. First off, I still want to learn about what... We need someone from Canada to call us and tell us about these leg braces. Like, that to me Please. is the most important thing I got from this article. Yeah, I'm, that st I'm still not over like, that. I'm... Fuck. Yeah, because if you've, been, if you've been sleeping on leg brace tech, Canada, if that's the kind of health care that you've got, then we need to march on uh, DC right now mm -hmm. and ask them what the fuck is going on. We just got Obamacare. People are trying to take that away. And if they've got robot leg braces in Canada. What's going on? P.S. We might all be lazy by default without a lot of effort. Maybe I don't know. That's why I we don't, don't have them know. here. That's why we don't have them here because we're so lazy. We're too lazy to get better leg brace technology. Look at our bullshit leg braces. What's up? We're the worst. You know, I guess we could have robotic leg braces. It's just uh, normal metal braces are fine. Oh, they're doing the job. My leg's I fine. I don't even worry about it right now. Let those people of, worry about it. Yeah, I've done a lot of work today already. It's time for my break. Look, I've did 20 minutes of squats. I did 20 minutes of standing. What else do you want from me? I gotta go oh. on a break. Fuck, just wear some normal leg braces or don't. I and don't I keep care. getting these emails that, like, hey, you need to get those reports. And I'm like, um, I'm busy. I'm squatting. <laughs> Look, I'm taking care of myself first, thank you very much. And it's hard to get more than one report in every day because I'm constantly moving while I squat. 
Jeez. Fuck. It's just, let me wear my Don't own brace, okay? Listen, like, a happy Shit. worker is a good worker, so you should be working to make me happier, alright? Okay, fucker. Brad, on recent episodes you've talked about how your doctor is a reenactor. Yes. Of potentially World War II, also kind of Roman Legion-ish things. Mm-hmm. It's a thing we delved into. I was talking with my mother this morning, and it is the church that I used to attend as a child's 150th anniversary. This very night that we're recording, they will be going to the cemetery that used to be associated with the old church, and they will be doing a reenactment of the church founders in period clothing. Um, what are they in the cemetery? I couldn't get a clear answer. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to reenact in a cemetery. I'm not sure why these people are dressing in old-timey clothes. My father is the narrator, so I am one step removed away from an actual... Um, it's in your bloodline, uh, Alex. Reenactment is in now, your bloodline. My father reenacted. I'll have to ask my grandfather if he reenacted anything. It might. I may have to reenact something. Wow. I don't know what that is. How weird... I, okay, look, I love my parents to each their own, but I've never heard of going to a cemetery to reenact... The founding of a church and, and or the burial of someone. I don't understand why you do it in a cemetery or what's going on. And as old Pastor Stevens is now dead and in the ground, we will come together to form a new church. <laughs> a stronger church. One where anything is granted. Within the scope of the Bible, of course. I'm sure the Bible, of course. The New Testament, not the Old. That's so weird. Can you can you get a copy of this script? God, I, can, can we, can we I, I wish the podcast? That, I wish that. I hope that someone records it. I want to see. This needs, this will ha come on. This this isn't on YouTube. Come on. It's 2015. It has to be on YouTube. <gasps> I could probably get a copy of the script from my mother, and then we should reenact it on Ramjet. Yes, I, I definitely. Am I friends with your mother on Facebook? Probably. Most likely. Surely, right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Weird. But I'm not gonna add her because I don't add people on Facebook. That's why, Brad. Yeah. Maybe I, just, I, I wish you could. I wish you could add people for other people. Is yeah, that, that would be that would be good. Yet? That would be if you could suggest a friend. That would yeah. be nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm looking at your mom's Facebook. <laughs> oh. Look, I love her. She's kooky. Oh. Uh, She's so definitely agreed. someone agreed. who would who would give more than a passing thought to a lot of the paranormal things that we've talked about on the show. Yeah. Um. I'm loving there. I'm, lo I'm loving the Halloween photos. <laughs> loving the Halloween photos. I know that her and my father went as uh, he went as Herman Munster, and she went as whoever the lady that was married to Miss uh, Mr. Munster is what I was about to say. <laughs> um, and that I mean, they're adorable. They do their thing. They do yeah, their thing. It's it's precious. Love it. Uh delightful. But I am now in a family of reenactors. In a, in a new niche. I, I didn't know that re church reenactment, church founding reenactments was a thing. That's I didn't know that. Kooks. From 150 years ago, so. Period clothing. That'll be interesting. My fansies. How would that work? Like 150 years ago, that's getting into some interesting territory. Like, like I got, we got to get the script. We just got to get the script. Yeah, we, we need that script. See if you can get that script. Because, I mean, Antebellum, 1865? Like, how are they getting into this? Like, what's going to happen? In the, it, it's the South which bothers me, if, and it's that far back. Also, 
uh, I guess a Confederate South at that point. I, yeah. I honestly don't. Yeah. What if the, what if there is quite a story to be told? Like, what if there's some real drums? Wow. Yeah, it would have been the church would have been founded like right at the end of uh, the Civil War. So that in and of itself, I think, is interesting. Yeah. Huh. What if? Huh. What if that was it? Now that so and so is dead. That son of a bitch. We're going to build our own church, a new church, in this cemetery, apparently. I don't know. We'll get the script. We'll see what's up. Defo. Defo. Friends, it's that super special time of the week where we chat about our pal, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China never mattered before. Who cares? It's also a habit of ours to summarize each episode of Mr. Belvedere and play a game while we do it. If you can... Summarize it in exactly a minute. You're a brave heart, and that's awesome. You are allowed a grace window of 55 seconds to a minute, in which case you win. That's good for you. Don't go below 55 seconds. Do not, or you will become a chump, and we will have to hear that music again. Oof. If you're over a minute, you done forgot, and um, you also get to have you forgotten music, which I think it's... is improved by all the sirens and baby screams because the actual song is it's upsetting always disturbing always upsetting yeah always disturbing and upsetting it, it, it there's just a way of justifying its disturbingness and upsettingness more if you make it sound more disturbing through sound effects mm, true maybe true. Oh, it's those kids crying it's those bells it's not the lyrics all by itself it's bad news guys you want to hit a minute one minute exactly is what we're going for um you still win at 55 to to uh, 59, but you want that minute. So, Alex, uh, are you ready for this? For the love of Ray J, are you ready? <laughs> the sure, stakes have never sure. been higher. That used to be a thing. For the love of Ray J, are you in this? Tell me what it is like for the love of Ray J. Wonderful. Some shows just have great taglines for themselves. That was pretty funny. Oh, let me think for just a second. All right, I think I can do it. All right. And you will be going in. Three, two, one, go. In this episode of Mr. Belvedere, it is George's birthday, and his family is trying to go into his past to to really root out what is George and what can we give him for his birthday. In the meanwhile, uh, Wesley T. is being forced to play baseball, and he's forced to be a pitcher, and his dad will make him the best pitcher there is. And Wesley T., is so pressured that he has to start cheating by greasing the ball. Not sure how that's supposed to help you win, but whatever. Um, he's discovered, and then he's like, all right, Dad, whatever. They throw George's birthday party where they realize that George's whole life has been a ruse and that he well, was never really a winner as sports. So he feels bad, so Velveter gives him the best present he could have, and that is a baseball game with his son's team with a whole bunch of actual legendary baseball players. It comes down to it, bases loaded, George has to hit a home run, and even though his son is expected to cheat and help him win, he doesn't, and George actually wins on his own merits and went and hits a home run and does some sort of weird dance to home plate. That's Belvedere. Alex, I the time on my clock doesn't even make sense. Um it says 59.60 seconds. <laughs> Brad showed me. Whoa! Alex, uh, that's one minute. Uh, you're straight up a uh, Braveheart hero. We did it! 
like to thank Brad's phone for breaking time for us. Time may be disjointed now, I'm not sure. I'd like to thank the people of Belvedere who helped us become Bravehearts every fucking week. Like people of Dove who gave us the inspiration to carry on through this episode and it really helped. I'd just like to thank Brad. I'd like to thank everyone at the Ramjack uh, Freedom Militia. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know why, but I even though I was timing myself just to make you know to kind of hit it right, and I really thought you were about to tell me I got the chump music. I don't know why, but that, I was so afraid of <laughs> You're that. You're so afraid. I, when you said the time on my watch doesn't even make sense, I was like, of course it doesn't. I don't get the chump music. It's not fifty-five. <laughs> it's not fifty-five or fifty-four. Nice, nice. Fucking a man. Ah, uh, amazing. Um, Alex, you didn't mention uh, um, our, our uh, esteemed guest star of the app. Oh! Um, yeah, we had a lot of bullshit uh, um, baseball players that are supposedly very famous, uh, but we also had Robert Goulet, <laughs> inexplicably. <laughs> Goulet. Who owns the baseball field that Wesley's Little League team plays on? Ah, so weird. So weird. I don't understand. Where was Savvy Angela? Um, Where the hell was Savvy Angela? I don't know. But uh, guys, yeah, it's a new season. It's season six, episode one, The Field. And we start off with Marsha and Heather's hair. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Boy. Uh, I also, like, I'm... Oh, not, I was going to say, I, I think it's 1990, but no, it's not. It's September 16th, 1989. Wow. So we're closing in on 1990. So at this point, we were alive. Well, we were alive for most of this, we, but we were, we were for old all enough. This. I know, but we were old enough at this point to remember it. Yeah. Vividly, if we had seen it. And Definitely. Only, again, again, the only thing I remember seeing is, get out that spot. Are you oh, yeah. Mr. Spot or whatever he said. I distinctly remember that commercial forever and always as a child. Um, I, Brad, these are actually real, real famous baseball players, which leads oh, yeah. me... To wonder if uh, Bob Euchre didn't call in some favors for this episode. Oh, he definitely called in some favors. Because how else are you going to get these baseball players to play? No. I mean, to play. To come onto the show and act and play a game. Uh, but I, what uh, I love, I love that they get um, um, Robert Goulet in, basically so they can have somebody that can act. Because <laughs> um, you got all these fucking shitty baseball players that couldn't act their way to a favorite bag. So it's like, uh, well, and we'll also put Robert Goulet in, so... Uh, one of the people on the team can do all the acting. <laughs> well, one of the baseball players, at one point there's a joke. One of them says, uh, we're all in the Hall of Fame. And one of the guys says, well, he's not. And then the baseball player says, no, I'm the one that can act. So I guess there were two people that could act. Maybe that baseball player and Robert Goulet. I don't... I guess. I guess. That's the only context for that in the show. But getting back to what Brad said, yes, the opening of the show is Heather and Marsha with their hair. It's big uh, Heather's hair. forehead is coming out. It's having a coming out party. It's coming out. It's, <laughs> we're coming out. It's we're coming on. Just hold up, just a few minutes, <laughs> as your TV set warms up. Heather's forehead is front and center. Mm-hmm. Marsha, her hair looks better. It's better. It's hard to tell through the fuzz. Yeah, it's, I mean her her oof, her bangs really aren't as teased up. It's blown out, but it's not blown up. Oh, okay, never mind. She turned around. I can see the side of her head. It's pretty just, It's pretty yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's kooks. It's kooks. Um, Heather's back to her mustard pants. Oh, Heather. Yikes. Um, they're discussing things to get their George for his birthday? Yeah. They're going through all the catalogs. Can't find anything. Kevin comes down with a plunger and says, this is Dad's favorite plunger. Let's make it look pretty. Let's doll it up. Let's lacquer it and put his name on it. 
Baldur's like, hey, why don't you, like, think about things that he likes and, like, get to know him and then get him a present that means something. And you're like, that sounds like a lot of fucking bullshit work. <laughs> Isn't he worth it? Nah, not so much. A real question asked and a real response given in the episode. Yeah. Belvedere leaves these people to think about what horrible people they are, really. Goes to the kitchen and there's a there's uh, three guys in there. Wesley T and his two little base baseball team compadres. I, I for a second after a game. For a second, I thought Braceface had had like a crazy growth spurt. Yeah, and Braceface would have been coming correct into whatever grade Wesley T is coming yeah. in, like wooing people, like just breaking hearts. But no, it's a new kid. Yeah. Yeah, this um, is the baseball crew. Just drinking milk, man, like he did in the eighties. That's what you did. As far as, like, after sports, I guess it was the drink of choice. Sure. Um, Something's happened. Go ahead, Brad. No, go ahead. No, I I insist, Brad. You go ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, Belvedere comes in, and we start off with Belvedere not knowing sports facts. And uh, Wesley T's kind of a terrible actor in this episode. He's like, mm-hmm. Belvedere, um, it's not called the blah, 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 blah. It's a blah, 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 blah. Like, Bryce Beckham, what's happening? <laughs> You've got you soccer in my baseball, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> oh, no. Like, there's a running joke that Belvedere doesn't know uh, baseball words, which, cool, yeah. I guess, because I don't know him either, so I, I, I'm like, all right, whatever. It's cute when Angela does it. It's not cute when you do it, Mr. Belvedere. She yeah. can get your name wrong, but you can't get sports wrong. Sorry. Um. So George comes in, and he's he's the, apparently the coach of the team. And uh, he does a weird bit, and it's like, all right, all right. So I guess he's back from his heart attack. Cool. Yeah, that's he lived is the first thing that I thought when he came through the door. It's like this he episode's lives. this episode's all about proving Bob Euchre's still a man, <laughs> still alive, can not still, dead, still has what it takes. I, he becomes the coach. He inherited the position from the former coach, and something happened to that coach, but I don't remember what, and it's not important because we immediately forget because. Streaks on the China comes on the wonderful fanfare music, and we're Definitely. we're in the heart of season. We're in the beginning of season six, the final season of Belvedere. Oh, final countdown, guys. Um, Kevin brings down George's old cleats, and he's like, "Hey, maybe we could do something with these. I bet these old jogs some memories." And Belvedere's like, "Yeah, those are old and gross. Get those out of my fucking kitchen." <laughs> Belvedere, I mean, uh, George and Wesley T come back and. George is pissed off because Wesley sucked at baseball. I mean, it's that easy. He's yeah. basically mad. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be practicing. You're supposed to be good. It's like it's the same thing as that, that the episode where Kevin ran away because he didn't want Wesley T to have to go through George's crazy bullshit. And it's like, well, I guess that did nothing. Because it's nothing. happening. It's did fucking happening. Nothing. So he's like, why do you suck at pitching? Okay. Um, so much pressure on this little kid. So yeah, much pressure on this little kid. It's really fucking creepy. Um, so then, uh, um, in the living room, uh, Marsha and Heather and Kevin are like going through old photo albums, trying to find, trying to learn about George and uh, what he was Brad, is this, about. Is this really a good idea? Because I mean, we've all gone through our high school yearbooks years after the fact. And I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of going through someone else's high school yearbook. It is a joy because it is a microcosm of just insanity. It's mm-hmm. what do people write in their books? Why are you doing these weird things on these pages? Wow, fashion was pretty whack back then. I don't think you can gather anything about people from their high school yearbook, especially how many years would George have been? 40, 30? Not 30, yeah. not 30. Yeah, like 50 years ago. These are like the first uh, high school yearbooks. Ago. 
Um, I actually have my mother's uh, um, high school yearbooks, or at least a couple oh, that of them. Awesome. I haven't like fully delved in, but I looked a little bit, and like there was some. It was like the big thing I went through was like there was like some senior photos of like friends that like written like notes to her and stuff on them, and I'm like, this is weird. Like, what's this all about? This seems creepy. And of course, I'm sure you? you ran across some of the book, like, just have a good summer, and you're like, oh, well, guess that person wasn't too much of a good friend. Not Let me look friend. them up really quick. Whoa, okay, so that was someone who didn't really care too much. Interesting. Yeesh. The picture of the social dynamic. Yeah, Seen yeah, you photos do. in the yearbook. Interesting. Now, did she go to the same high school we went to? Oh, yeah. Southside High School. Wow. Lots have changed. My sister teaches at that high school now. Mm. <laughs> Math. Um, so they're looking at George's old yearbooks trying to get an idea for who and what he was. Now, is this the part when Heather comes in and... Uh, Belvedere uh, comes in. Okay. And he's part. he comes in with a serving tray and I'm like, why is Belvedere coming inside the house with a serving tray? Oh, it's because he was um, delivering hot dogs to George and Wesley T, who were still out in the front yard um, practicing baseball. But how could they do that? It's pitch black outside. Oh, because they have, they have, what is it, fluorescent balls? Brad, they have the technology. It's called fluorescent balls. Oh, no, sorry. Luminescent ball, because they have luminescent balls. On cue, the, one of the windows in the door frame breaks, as this pink luminescent ball flies through. They come in, rushing. Of course, George is yelling at Wesley T. Why the fuck didn't you catch that? Your brother oh, could catch footballs. Why can't you catch a fucking baseball? You got a glove on. There's George, a really bizarre. George. There's a really bizarre close-up of when they're coming into Marsha, where she's giving them a stern look, like you broke the window. Hmm. It's like whatever. Whatever. George is gonna be the one paying for that window, so I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> you aren't making any money, Sponge. She really is pissed. The look yeah. of her face. And is it needed, really? I. Wesley T's getting enough, Marsha. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're going to make him feel bad, too? Cool. Cool. Oy. So the next scene is, I want to say Marsha's looking through a journal or, or something that has, like, I guess, record of her and George's early relationship. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, age is mentioned, um, which is funny. She's like, well, how far apart were you guys? Eh, pretty far apart. You know, but you know how young girls are. They're just impressionable and, you know, big dummies when a when a man comes and wants to pay attention or She's something like, uh, along you know, those lines. Only caring about fashion and, and themselves. And then, like, the joke is we cut to Heather who's kind of, like, lost in her own thoughts and, like, twirling her finger in her hair. And I'm like, yeah, vapidly that is, just twirling her finger. That is not Heather. No, that's, that's not like, Heather at all. That's bullshit for a cheap joke. And I'm not Did something cool happen over the summer that Heather's trying to be different than Heather? Hmm. What are you? Who else is getting pressured here by mom or another part of the family? Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, he that's not Heather at all. No. Heather's been to the garage and found George's old Letterman jacket. Um, are we sure it's not Mr. Belvedere's leather Letterman jacket or not Letterman jacket? Letterman sweater. It's not even a jacket. It's it's gigantic. It is huge. Maybe it was the fad to wear oversized clothing. I guess. But he, he didn't get a letter because they wouldn't sell one to him. Which, all of this is leading... I do give them credit for this in the episode. It is laying the groundwork for us to realize that George was not really good at sports when he was in high school. Yeah. He was kind of he was kind of lame, actually, when he was a kid. Which is nothing wrong with that. Some people are. There's nothing... I mean, you're a kid. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, the next scene is George 
staying up late with Wesley T on the couch, basically trying to teach him how to pitch by watching other pitchers. Um, yeah, he's, he's making him watch. He's like, hey, Wesley, hey, I don't usually let you uh, stay up late to watch a West Coast uh, feed baseball game. Oh, was that a thing? Could you actually watch the West Coast feed baseball? Like, on, on your regular cable wow. package? Wow, I guess right. so. Well, they would just broadcast it again at the late hours. Oh, I guess. I guess. But Wesley's like, I didn't, I've never asked to watch this before. I don't want to do this. This is bullshit. Nor would I ever, Dad. He's got a glove over his face. His dad goes to the kitchen for just right. a second to do something. And then Wesley T-, T overhears the announcers talking about how someone got caught for uh, greasing a ball, a pitcher, which I guess helps... Maybe it slide on the bat if someone hits it and it has them strike out. I'm not sure what a greased ball really helps you with, other Maybe than being able to put interesting spin on it. Yeah. I, I know that if there's a nick in a baseball, which is why they constantly change the balls out, it, it allows a skilled pitcher uh, to manipulate it to the point where they can pretty much put the ball wherever they want and make people not hit it, so they're constantly changing it. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know how greasing a ball would help too much. Anyway, obviously this gives Wesley T all the things he needs to hatch a nefarious plot to cheat. So, uh, cut to the next day, and everyone's getting ready for uh, uh, George's birthday party. Everyone's dressed up, which I think is really weird. I Um, think it's weird the way they're dressed up, because it doesn't seem like they're dressed up at all. Yeah. But. Um, But they've also made George's favorite snacks, uh, uh, pork rinds and uh, spam dip. Uh, dip from spam? Yeah, that's some bullshit. I don't even. I don't even want to know, Did you know what that, that they s- of. They sell pumpkin spice spam now. <sighs> what? What? Yeah, dude, I saw it today. Ugh, that's gross. Oh god, spam dip's a real thing. What is spam dip? Is it just pureed spam? I would rather be looking at back page right now. <laughs> Oh, it looks like some pureed spam and cheese and gross. Guys, I, I had to retract this. They are not making pumpkin spice spam. That was a joke on the internet, and I got got. How Brad hmm. got got early in this episode? I got got. Hmm. Um, uh, it was just one of those. That's uh, a tomfoolery, is what it is. Ah. Um, and I'm sorry, but I would also like to apologize for not knowing that initially, and that I got I got goofed. Some people are doing some straight up shenanigering. What isn't a joke is spam cupcakes. That's a real thing. Jesus. We gotta stop it with the spam. All right, it's not okay. Thankfully, these are normal pancakes. Not pancakes. They are normal uh, cupcakes with with pumpkin puree in them, nonetheless. And spam is used. Candied spam is used as a garnish. Ugh! Candied spam. What? Oh god, I want to die. You know, I think if you put a little cinnamon on top, though, it wouldn't be too bad. So, uh, George and Wesley come in, and they're all gross from baseball and dirty. Which, why didn't they plan this into the birthday thing? They, they need to go take a shower. Um, but they're arguing because Wesley got kicked into the game because the umpire was say- said he was cheating. And apparently George got into a fight about it. And then George's like, oh, well, hey, I, whatever the umpire says, I know you wouldn't do that. I'm proud of you. And then he takes off his hat and, like, to, to like, rustle his hair. But his hair is all, like, gross and filled with grease. Because that's where he was hiding the grease that he greased the baseball with. Does he call it, does he call it gunk or goop? 
I can't remember. No. But the way George like discovers it, he's like, "What's this gunk? There's more in the hat. You were you were greasing the ball." And then Heather comes over and is like, "So that's what happened to my chapstick? What? <laughs> what?" So Wesley, I, I like, took a chapstick and, like, mashed it up and put it in his hair to put on a <laughs> oh. baseball. Fucking hell. Look, you gotta be resourceful when you're trying to cheat at baseball, man. It's the only thing he had. It's the only goop he had. Oh, the only gunk yes. he had in the house. Um, that, or I guess chapstick was really weird in the 80s? Because I don't think you can do mm. that now, right? Could oh. you need chapstick to, like, a warm paste? <laughs> guess. And how long would that take? Chapstick is a pretty solid... <laughs> Stick. That's why we refer to it as a stick. Well, you just like uh, you know, you gotta warm it up and like goop it up, goop it, get, you, goop it. You gotta work it to. You gotta work it to a goop. <laughs> you gotta get it to goop consistency. Make a good goop. Get your goop on. I don't know why that is so funny to me, but that is. Gotta get that goop going. Uh. So then uh, George is like, I can't believe you would do a thing like this. What would make you do something like this? And then Wesley fires back. Well, what the fuck do you think? Why do you think I would do something like this, Dad? Huh? You got any great any idea why? Huh? Now, I know that it wasn't said in the show, but the way Brad delivered it and the way my memory was, I really do think that he said, well, where the fuck do you think I got it from, Dad? Because it just seems yeah. so appropriate. Yeah. Because George, we've talked about this three or four seasons ago with fucking Kevin and the football thing. Yeah. So George goes out back to Sulk, I guess, to realize who and what he is. And then Wesley T comes out and is like, dude, I'm sorry. I just blew up on you. I know it's your birthday. Whatevs. No, it's great. He goes, he's like, listen, um, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Um, you're my father, and you provide for me, and I do appreciate that. And George's like, oh, you know what? You're a, you're a big man for saying that. He's like, yeah, and Mom told me to, because it's your birthday. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah. But you went over the top. <laughs> like, I love he's still not completely dropping it, which is awesome. As he shouldn't. No, because um, George is insane. Yeah, George is kind of crazy. So, they walk inside after, um... I guess, a, a standstill at this baseball issue. And George is greeted by a, a family surprise party. Everyone's got their surprise hat on, they're dressed in their best, and everyone has a hat, and they sit down and they take George through his life. Um, there's a mm. giant billboard, not billboard, uh, there's a giant um, display poster board, board yeah. poster yeah. board, and they have all of George's things. They have um, his record card from his youth that has all B's on it. Remember in remember when you were in grade school and got all B's that one time, and then I love Wesley T says, "Wait, these are all D's with like a strike through them." <laughs> I also love that George kind of just lays it lays it gives it to him straight. He's like, "Yeah, yeah I'm an idiot." <laughs> uh, and then there's like there's a there's a newspaper ahead. article that's like Owens wins title for Porter High. And then George's like, yeah, I went to Coleridge High. I, uh, I fucked it up at the last moment. And uh, the other team won. I won it for him. Oh, okay, Dad. Well, uh, this is this has got to be uplifting. Um, there's like a Boy Scout badge with like one sash with like one badge on it or something. Yeah. Basically, George's whole life has been, he's yeah. been fucking up. 
there's, there's a random ribbon, which I'm a, it's not even related no. to an award. I don't know what that ribbon's for. No, no it's not a ribbon. It's the ace bandage. Um, and they're like, oh, oh there's man. that ace bandage uh, from when you were in high school. You must have hurt yourself doing some sport. So they just found an old ace bandage, which I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? And he's like, oh, no, actually, I hurt my legs square dancing. Oh, Dad, well, you... Fucking hell. Well, you got nothing to show for anything, do you? Why did you go to Russia again? I gotta go to the kitchen. <laughs> Worst birthday ever. I mean, I'm like, fuck you, George. Like, they're trying to do something nice for you. Like, all right, like, you're embarrassed, but, like, you know all this shit happened. Like, I don't understand why you're having such a, like, a... So the the carefully crafted lie you created around yourself is is falling apart, I guess. So you're yeah, gonna have a hissy fit. The myth of the man. Um, it's your birthday and they're trying to do something nice for you, so fucking appreciate it, you dick. Yeah. Maybe you should have told them what you did in fucking Russia, dude. Because I'm sure that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe they should have made a billboard about that. Maybe they should have made poster board birthday celebration around that. Yeah. You know how much, how cool, uh, like a Cold War, well, I guess this was starting to get to the end of it, like themed birthday party would have been? Mm. They could have done so many cool things with that. Welcome back from the USSR. Dad? Yeah. Did you defect? What's going on? Not you made all B's in grade school. Which were actually <laughs> D's. These are actually D's, Dad. Well, well, well. So George feels sorry for himself, for I guess, and Belvedere tries to talk to him, and Belvedere was going to get him a gift and says, no, you know what, George, I got a better gift for you. Yeah, it's like, George's like, well, listen, all these things I want to do, I failed at all of them. I, I never I never accomplished, I wanted to play with the greats. I wanted to do all these things, and I, I, I was terrible. I was just fucking terrible. And that's my life. It's like, That's right. why I pressure Wesley so hard, because I wanted to reach his dreams. And you know what, maybe he shouldn't have a dream. Because if I ain't shit, he ain't shit. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. It's crazy. And I do love, I do love when Belvedere throws it back at him and he says, when I was a kid, I had a dream to climb Mount Everest, uh, to meet the queen, and, uh, and then George says, well, you, you did all those things. And Belvedere just kind of like, yep. He's like, well, I'm me. Damn straight. <laughs> I love, he says, well, well I'm me. Well, is me. Well, I'm Belvedere. <laughs> uh, like, as Belvedere's so, like, listen, you can't push your dreams onto your kids. That's no. fucked up and weird. Those aren't his dreams. Like, he's got other shit he wants to do, like conquer the fucking world. So why don't you yeah. fuck off, old man? He built a nuclear reactor in our house. He's destined for other things. Yeah, so he can't throw George. a ball at a stick or whatever. Like, fuck off. Oh, can we also talk about, like, at one point when uh, George is going over the top and, like, pressuring Wesley to play baseball, he's like... He's like, listen, Dad, can't, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Can't, I've got to work do my book report on Catcher in the Rye. And George is like, well, as long as it's about baseball, <laughs> like, which is fucked up. But also, uh, yeah, Wesley's the appropriate age to be reading Catcher in the Rye. So um, yeah, all you, because he's, he's like, yeah, he's like, like 10 or 11. So all you fuckos that are like, oh, Catcher in the Rye is the greatest book. That's for 10-year-olds. Those are the people that can think it's a great book. Everyone else, fuck off. That book's a piece of shit. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to mention something that maybe I missed in the episode where, Dad, it's like 3 in the morning. I need to write a paper. Here, let me go get you some drugs. <laughs> You're going to have to learn to manage sports with your schoolwork and Listen. stay up. He's like taking Ritalin and just like going crazy. <laughs> you will be a pitcher. You will play for the major leagues. You're going to start but, juicing now. Dude, I we talk about this, but this is this is a common thing 
for parents to put these dreams on kids. Yeah. Because I've come in contact with people just since I've been living in Cincinnati who push their kids in sports. One kid was basically told by his coaches and his parents, they forced him to have surgery to shorten one of the tendons in his hand so that he could snap the ball better. What the fuck? Yeah. Is that legal? Like, aren't you cheating at that point? If you have a tendon shortened so you could have a faster release? It should be child abuse. It's unnecessary surgery. Yeah, and he was in high school. Fuck that, no. He's got a chance for the majors. What he needs to do is have that tendon shortened. What? <laughs> what's this maybe, rookie, what's maybe this rookie just of the maybe year bullshit do something that's else. Yeah. It's, <laughs> have you guys seen rookie of the year? Look, your, your boy's got a good look. He's got a good stance out there. What he needs is a shorter tendon. What he needs is a rookie of the year. Oh, fuck. That's That was so weird to me hearing about that. Another kid, his parents were pressuring him to do all kinds of baseball camps so that he could probably get a... They masqueraded it as scholarships, and they were like, you know, they say he could go all the way. He just needs to get this tendon shortened. What the fuck is all he... Are all these people in Cincinnati trying to get their child's tendon shortened? Ugh. What else is it going to help them do other than pitch a baseball? Is it going to hurt them later in life? Last time I checked, we don't short, shorten our tendons on purpose. No. You don't mess with tendons. No. that's that's got, That can't be a good idea. Can't be a good idea. Can't. Can't. Same person <sighs> whose child was like loved track, and they had micro-fractures throughout their entire leg bone, and the doctor said, look, this is common, especially with kids, especially, I think, young girls running track. If you run on concrete, this just happens. Don't run. You have to stop running or you're going to fuck your legs up. She kept running because she didn't want to give it up. And by she, I'm almost positive it was her parents because they said it was good for her. Ugh. It builds team spirit. You're fucking your daughter's legs up and your son's fuck got a claw spirit. hand now. <laughs> you're going to need a team of people to like push your fucking wheelchair when you can't walk anymore. Yeah, and good luck uh, having them grip it when one of your so- kids has a claw hand. Because oh. they were throwing balls and you had their tendon shortened. You're now you're 54 and in a scooter. Great, cool. Kill yourself. These are your life. These are your choices. You could have been a Belvedere. You could have been to Mount Everest, but yeah. instead you made your children reach their dreams. God, and you maimed them. Parents just suck. All that to say, it's the next day, and George is feeling... Uh, Belvedere has agreed to give him a, George a better present than what he was originally going to give him. They're out on the field. Wesley T's team, who can't win for losing any baseball games, um, is waiting for the other team to show up. George is there as the coach, and the other kids are basically thinking, Wesley's team, hey, we've got this one. The other team hasn't even showed up. I guess they forfeit? And then, of course, Belvedere's like, not so fast. I've got my own team. We're going to play... Uh, another game. This is gonna be uh, just for Georgie. And then Belvedere takes his like coat off, and he's got something called what? What does the shirt say? The Belvedere Belvedere's, Beavers. Belvedere Bulldogs. I mean, <laughs> Bulldogs. I knew it was some sort of small mammal. Yeah. Beavers are not small. I don't know why I said beaver. Um. <laughs> so George is like, "What well, Belvedere? What the fuck is this?" And suddenly, professional baseball players who are retired start coming onto the field and like, "Oh hey, Belvedere, what's up?" And George loses his shit. Um, for those, uh, now Brad's right. Some of these you may not know. Um, uh, some of the baseball players, I, I'm probably third tier guys, because it's Belvedere. Uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Reggie Jackson, uh, Johnny Bench, Ernie Banks. I mean, just. I mean, these are actually pretty I'm, famous baseball. Players. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I've got the special guest list up. Yeah, uh, Harmon Killebrew. 
Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, yeah. Mickey Mantle, you know, not too famous, but like some of the the biggest names in baseball of all time. And Robert Goulet. <laughs> and Robert Goulet as but like, <laughs> the captain of the team. But they're also doing this bullshit like every time one of them walks up, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so-and-so. Hey, Wesley, it's so-and-so. Can you believe so? Like, all right, all right, all right. The best part is when Goulet shows up and George is like, wait, who the, why the hell are you here? Aren't you like fucking my wife on the slot? He's like, no, 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 I'm here because I own the baseball field. And the kids know who he is and they run up and ask for autographs. Yeah, it's real and weird. One, and then one of the baseball players taps a kid on the shoulder and says, hey, do you want my autograph? He says, who the hell are you? And the baseball player says, I'm the guy whose name is on your bat. And the kid seems like, what? Confused. And then turns around to get an autograph from Goulet. But I do love Goulet's. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. all right, give me the pin. I, I, like, I, 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 I love the idea that Robert Goulet is more famous than all these baseball players, which is awesome. And that's the world I would prefer to live in. Well, it is the world that I live in, but it's just no one else joins me. <laughs> It's the perception you have of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, because you know all the sports facts. To you, it's nothing. Uh, who are um, these fuckos? Yeah, I don't care. You hit a ball with a stick, run around in a circle. Um, Robert Goulet is Robert fucking Goulet. So, yeah. Um, but also, there's this really weird cut to... We cut over to, like, the, the benches, and, like, there's Marsha and Heather and Kevin, because we're shooting this actually outdoors, and it's so weird not to be in front of a studio audience... Because Kevin Rosler, and it's just, I don't know why, but he's just explaining the plot. Wow, you guys will never believe this. Uh, Mr. Belvedere got all these famous baseball players and Robert Goulet together, and they're going to play. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what Greek drama is this? Like, why is Kevin the, the messenger? <laughs> like, <laughs> we just saw uh, it happen. <laughs> we don't need this scene. Yeah, it's it's almost like they're at another part of the park just enjoying the day, yeah. and hey. Kevin is running back and forth. In fact, I'm not 100% sure that's not what's happening. Yeah, I'm like, because why don't you, why aren't you guys also there? Like, where are you? Or are you just like, yeah, they're playing baseball, so we're going to go hang out over here at the other side of the park. Um, the camera, like, the, even the way they shoot that part is a little different than the rest of the episode. It's from, mm -hmm. like, a low vantage point. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, but I do love Marsha's reaction. She's basically just like, nice. Like, you know what? Good for good for George. Like, but she, she's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will also have to say, contender for worst dress is the baseball player in the baby blue pants. That Ooh. are, and almost all the baseball players are starting to merch it. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, just they saying. are. Got some real mertzing going on. Um, uh. Baseball-centric jokes ensue. They ask George what spot he wants to play. They say, Goulet says, well, I guess we're going to have to put you in right field, And which to which George says, right field? But then they put jokers in the right field. And then two people who were famous baseball players that um, served their tenure in the right field say, we heard that. Wah, and it's wah. like, wah, wah. And they say he can be the hind catcher because he's not worth any, because he's not good. And then I guess Belvedere's the umpire. I mean, at least he gets to play with these people, mm -hmm. these children and these actual professional baseball players. Yeah. I love that Goulet's the pitcher. So then there's just like a montage of these kids playing baseball with these legends. And yeah. There's goofs of them like missing the ball or like them tricking the adults into like, hey, can I get one of your autographs? Sure. Tagged you, you're out. <laughs> like just kids being kids. Like, yeah. I think even and retired baseball players were able to destroy these children in baseball. Yeah, they're, they're kids. kids. They're <laughs> kids, but, like, for the most of the game, like, the kids are up by three points. 
it's like three to zero forever, and then at some point there's more points. I don't really understand what happened. Um, My favorite part is when the one kid is talking shit about the baseball players, like ah, they're old, we can move in, and one of the baseball players basically points the bat, hits it, and this kid dives <laughs> what looks like face first into the grass after the ball and just misses it. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you, kid. <laughs> talking about these adults know your place yeah um i think belvedere um what does he say I, at one point all the baseball players are talking out in the field and like not paying attention to the game at one point george strikes out and belvedere calls him on it because george obviously strikes out every time he plays um because he's not good at one point it seems like heather and Marsha and Kevin can see from whatever hill they're on top of looking down onto the game like basically what's going on at one point from the forest in the back where they're behind I'm assuming she just Marsha yells get up George you can do it yeah cause uh, there's this whole thing where like like the kids are like listen Wesley uh, we gotta we gotta do this thing so your dad goes up cause he's definitely gonna fuck it up so you just gotta do you gotta get Goulet out of there so they get Goulet out, so now George is up. But Wesley's like, but it's my dad, and it's his birthday. I don't want to <laughs> fuck this up for him. Um, he's like, See, come on, just do it. Just do it. See, I didn't know that. The way I interpreted it, um, because it is the bottom of the ninth, base is loaded. Well, it's not bottom of the ninth, it's like bottom of the sixth. They don't play nine innings in this little league crap. Um, and some of the baseball players, Goulet is rallying them. It's like, guys, it's seven to four. We've got to, we've got to win. And another one of the baseball players says, it's like two in the afternoon. Let's just play another game. It's a good day for baseball. And one of the older guys says, fuck you, dude. I am tired. I've got to get to the rib shack after this. So they're like, okay, okay, we'll just do, we'll put it all on the line. This is it. This is it. This is it. Um, so they kind of dread that George will have to go up there because he's going to lose it right. for him. They, it's then they, then Goulet breaks them into song, by the way. Oh, and that is one of the best parts in this. And George cannot. He's like, ah. But Goulet breaks into song, and they all start singing together. And then You're George is you kind gotta of... Have, you gotta have heart. Yeah. And then George is eventually... He's like, all right, it's my, it's my birthday present, whatever. Um, so, um, they do a wave randomly for no reason. It's before really weird. The, the, a lot of George falls off the end, because George is inept. Anyway, bases are loaded, bottom of the sixth, the last inning. I thought the kids came up to Wesley to be like, look, dude... Um, you gotta get Goulet out to get your dad up here, and you gotta let your dad win the game for him. No. Like, I thought they were advocating for him to cheat, and that Wesley was like, no, fuck my dad, I'm gonna strike him out. No. They, it they makes to get, more sense. Yeah, they want to get George up there so that they'll win. Because I guess if Goulet is a better baseball player than George, uh, alright, cool. Um, but yeah, so they, they do that, and then George is up, and like, all right, it's two strikes, and there's like one left, and then Wesley calls Belvedere over there. He's like, I don't, Belvedere, I don't know what to do. It's my dad's birthday, and he's always been a loser, and this is his one chance to have his dream. I don't want to fucking take that away from him. He'll be <laughs> dead soon. He's like 89 years old. And Belvedere's like, listen, hey, I, what your father would want is for you to try your best. Like, how, how would he feel if you fucking uh, found out you cheated so that he could win? Fuck that. No. <laughs> you take that old man out. <laughs> <laughs> so Wesley T throws two strikes. Everyone on the everyone on the bench is like, "God damn it, fucking George! Who is this guy? <laughs> um, why are we here? Lynn is, I mean, he's a good friend. Um, Marsh is a little unheart disheartened. The kids, I think Kevin has an emotional investment in the game at this point because he looks, I've absolutely devastated that this is about they're about to lose. Mm-hmm. 
I guess he's cheering for his dad and not the kids playing against adults, which would be a miracle if they won in any other instance. So George, George meets eye to eye with his son. And I guess this lets Wesley T melts his heart or something. I don't know. Um, Wesley T. Throws George him. looks in his eye. Uh, Wesley T. Looks into George's eyes. Then they, um, through their eyes, they're able to see into a video game universe. Um, <laughs> and it's some real guys. Harsh Realm is the stupidest fucking show. Spoiler alert. Um, fuck Harsh Realm. Um, but yeah. So then uh, George uh, he swings and he hits the ball and it goes really far and. He's doing the weirdest run ever. I don't understand the run at all. I think, I feel like there's, I feel like when, uh, when Belvedere. <laughs> it's like he's shooting arrows into the sky yeah, with an invisible it's bow. It's kind of like a victory, but like it's some, when Belvedere comes over there, he was uh, what's dad doing? And, and Belvedere's like, oh, his leg's asleep. So I don't know if like, maybe like George has like a limp or something. Like he hurt himself and they're trying to cover that up. And like, they're playing up that he has, that his foot's asleep. And that's part of the joke. But it just seems like Bob Euchre's really weird at running. Well, his knees can bend properly, so I think... I thought it was some sort of, like, old baseball thing, maybe? Because they also superimpose an old-timey black-and-white film grain of a crowd from baseball cheering at some point, which you might confuse for the static mm-hmm. of poor-quality video, True. but no. So I, I just assumed that was something that old baseball players Possibly, did, and George yeah, was living I, his dream. He really seems to be skipping to his loo, um, <laughs> more than anything else. <laughs> Um, it's really fucking weird, and every everyone cheers and runs up to George, except for the team of little leaguers that lost and now hate uh, yeah. their pitcher Wesley T even more. By the way, we're the family of these other kids because the only yeah. people there are uh, Kevin, Heather, and Marcia. That's a really good question because there's never a little league game where there's not some overbearing parent yeah. screaming at their child. Yeah. Chuck up the bat, son. Hustle, son. And where, why isn't Savvy Angela there to watch her father play baseball? Yeah. What, where is Savvy Angela? She should be in every episode of the sixth season. Yeah. Um, Belvedere is writing in his journal. Um, he basically writes a version of a baseball poem. I can't remember. It's the Casey at the Bat thing. Casey, I couldn't remember Casey, but I remember the Mudville part. And he basically just writes about George basic, being a successful Casey at Bat. And he yeah. succeeds. And one of the baseball players rolls over to Belvedere, well, walks over to Belvedere and says, Dude, we're about to go to the Rib Shack. You coming? Belvedere says, ah, I really shouldn't. I gotta get back. It's all you can eat. Belvedere, like, is taken aback, gets up, immediately strips his jacket off to reveal his Belvedere, like, his baseball uniform, and tells him to lead the way. Yeah, well, it's super weird because he's like, oh, uh," he's like, oh, so you went to the rib shack? Belvedere's like, oh, the Owens are waiting for me. It's all right. You guys go ahead. And then they're like, oh, it's all you can eat. He's like, oh, well, I'll let them fucking wait. (laughs) So I love the idea they're just sitting in the car like, where's Belvedere? (laughs) It's getting really hot in this car. Do you guys remember when I hit that home run? Yeah, we were there, George. But were you? Because I thought you were like over a hill. At one point, I thought I heard you yell some sort of like approval, but I couldn't see you. Where the hell is Mr. Belvedere? I want to get out of this car. Can we just go? Beep, beep. You're just honking. Beep, beep. Len? Len? Len, are you there? Len? Um, So that's Mr. Belvedere. Um... It's awesome. I, like, I really did enjoy this episode. Mm-hmm. No. I will say, the moment the moment where George and Wesley T size each other up, like, before he hits the home run, is weird. Mm-hmm. Because, one, you're father and son, and two, you are like, George is 
taking this moment, and it's like a staple in baseball to look at the pitcher and like really size them up. Like it's where two men are sizing each other up and figuring them out. In which case, George comes out on top because he can intimidate Wesley Timor. There's a weird vibe to it. I don't like it. It's strange. Very weird. Brad, did you just call me weird? <laughs> Yes. The way it sounded on this end, I thought you said you're weird. <laughs> would have been awesome. Very weird. This guy do a podcast. You're with fucking very weird. weird. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> you're a God fucking weirdo. Damn weirdo. I, I, you know, it's, I've been holding it back for a long time. <laughs> but Alex, you're a goddamn weirdo. Excuse me. That's right. Oh my God. I said it. I was sizing you up this whole time, just like George sized up his young son, and I'm ready to call it. You're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> You're fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, Brad. <laughs> Where's this coming from? Sitting in your house in your tank top with your microphone. <sighs> weird. So weird. Saying weird with the head pop is the best. <laughs> weird. Just imagine the head pop, ladies and gentlemen. It's so uh, awesome. Um, so, go ahead. Uh, so who won and who lost? George won, right? Defo. He got to be overbearing and didn't really get slapped on the wrist for it too much. Mm -hmm. He got tore down only to be brought back up. Yeah, everyone, like, his ego was out of control and, and slightly hurt. So everyone else had to, like, go overtime to, like, fucking uh, build it back up for him. Which is... Okay, Marsha's the worst. If this has been a... If this had... Marsha had been in a similar situation where they built her up and broke her down, I would have hated this episode, because fuck mm -hmm. Marsha. Yeah. But the fact that they do it to George, I'm not too upset about. But you're right. Generally, because George is, you know... George is not the worst worst like he was in the first two seasons. I, but he still... He just needs to grow up and shut up, is what needs to yeah, happen. Yeah, he really does. Like... And it's his birthday, so is he's allowed, I guess, some self-indulgence by mm -hmm. society? We're not going to give him that self-indulgence mm -hmm. slack. Fuck no. that. Which is why we're saying, fuck George. But at the same time, he won this episode hands down. Definitely, There's no way he didn't win definitely, it. Definitely. Um, who lost? I would say the children. Because <laughs> not only did they actually lose, Ooh. they also took time out of their day, which they thought were they were playing a real game of baseball. And then they just played with these legends, which you would say would be a reward, but their parents aren't allowed to come. Their parents no one saw them play. Their parents don't even give a fuck. <laughs> like, no. Either their parents don't give a fuck or they weren't invited, in which case when they say, hey, we played with Willie Mays, they'll be like, shut the fuck up. Did you win or not? Well, no, we lost. Duh. Typical. Yeah. Get back out there and practice. Get back out there and practice. You're gonna go. You're gonna be a professional. G give me your hand. We're gonna clip that. We're gonna clip that tendon right now. <laughs> ah! My tendons. <laughs> so, no, I mean, so now, I'm, lost, right? now I'm gonna be a rookie of the year and by that I mean I'm a, a really shitty movie for kids by the way I'm only aware of that movie because me and my cousin went to see that with a, as a double feature with Meteor Man um, nice I picked That's Meteor Man she picked a bullshit rookie of the year is this duct tape? no 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 okay. it was my oh this cousin. is your other cousin yeah yeah, yeah. um that's that's a pretty awesome double feature though. Because Rookie of the Year, while it is nowhere near on par of Meteor Man, and that must have also been very sobering to see one and then the other, regardless of the order you saw it in. Oh yeah. Because Meteor Man is about something as much as it is fun and ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But but fucking. Um. Yeah. I was. I I I I left there feeling I clearly made the better choice. <laughs> Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I remember watching Rookie in the Year ad nauseum in, like, middle school. I think they showed it three or four times oh. when substitute teachers were there. That and Sandlot over and over yeah. and over again. 
Ugh. So that's whatever. That's how, that's my remembrance of Rookie of the Year. So West, uh, so George won. The children lost. Mm-hmm. Best dressed, worst dressed. Oh boy. We've already awarded it to Heather with a with the ketchup top and the mustard pants before her hot dog uniform, yeah. her outfit. I will say, I think Heather's outfit at the birthday celebration is pretty bad. Yeah, it is. They're supposed um, to look good. Yeah. At least Marsha's bringing it with her red shirt and her black pants. It's different. Yeah. It's not the best. West, uh, uh, Kevin is bringing his A game. Heather, what are you doing, girl? Yeah, she looks bad. Um, But I, I do have to say, that, that baseball dude with the blue pants, is it, that's stupid looking. Like, who told him that was okay? Like, yeah. did he say, I brought my own blue pants? Why are you wearing those weird blue pants? It's my team colors, I think. <laughs> so weird. Just let, just let him do it. He's Every, already doing this for free. Everyone's also wearing black pants or jeans like a human. <laughs> like, he's wearing these, like, baby blue, like, fucking pants. Yeah. Gross. So who do you... you want to give it to the baseball player, or do you want to give it to Heather? I... I... I mean, Heather's bad, but I feel like those blue pants, like, there's just no excuse. Why do you have, like, you're playing baseball in those pants? Like, those are stupid-looking pants. Like, what are the, what's the occasion when you would wear those pants? I can't even imagine. That dude can't wear those pants ever. I don't even know if I've seen pants that color. And we live in the modern age where we can get pants in any color we yeah. want. Yeah, like, you, surely hipsters would be on that kind of bright blue stuff. You can get, like, any color of chinos in the world. This dude has found the one color that is unavailable to adult humans. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, so fuck him. He's worst dressed. Who's best dressed, though? <sighs> Not a lot of options. Not a lot of options. I do kind of like Heather's outfit later where she's at the park. Uh-huh. Because she's got, like a, a, like, a pink sleeveless shirt with just denim. Just a normal... It looks normal. Yeah. I want to say the buttons are, like, there's two sets of button going down, so it's almost like a shirt that's kind of like a vest. It's tasteful. Um, I would also... Well, no, I was going to say Goulet, because Goulet is, is, has a stage presence. He has a look to him. I mean, the so beard kind is of fucking looks, awesome. That beard is awesome. That hair is awesome. Even in the shirt, it's like, well, there's, there, there's a savvy dude. What's he about? But his pants are, like, stonewashed black jeans. Yeah. And even though they're tight and they look nice on them, like they even look trendy to the day standards, I just can't. Those black stonewashed jeans are. There's never a reason. No. And there's those bright blue ones again. I'm sorry, guys. I'm. They almost uh, look like hospital scrubs. They're so yeah, blue and baggy on them. It's terrible. I, I'll go with Heather for best dress for Let's her just go park with Heather, attire. Man. Though I do Heather like um, park attire. I like Belvedere when he's wearing his umpire outfit. Is like I, I I do like the outfit. It's quite smart. <laughs> You know it is kind of smart, but I I want to give it to Heather because yeah. I don't because uh, like no because Belvedere is like he's like wearing a suit on the baseball field with an umpire outfit, so I'm like that's just impractical and looks like, like it's very hot and uncomfortable. This must have been really fun to film. How many days do you think on set they had? One, two, Ugh. at least at least two, right? Yeah. They couldn't film all this in a day. No, it's probably probably day or two. Yeah. Maybe three. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, Heather Best Dressed, uh, Blue Pants McGee, whichever baseball player he is, I'll look it up later. Um, he's the worst dressed. Um, I would also like to throw in an, on- an honorary mention for the whole baseball team, because their hats are, like, two feet off the top of their heads. Like, they're not actually on their head. Like, yeah. they're held there by a wing and a prayer, or pins, or bobby pins. I have no idea. And, and... And Wesley T is the worst because it's almost like he's doing the trucker look where I barely put it on my head and it's stand and there's like 
a foot of air inside of this yeah. hat on my head. Yeah. But that's that's honorary mention for worst dressed. It's. I feel like weird. that's probably like, oh yeah, get hey guys, get the, get the bills of the hats up. Uh, oh, we're not getting the light. The light isn't good. So. Uh, yeah, that's got to be it. It's got to be a filming thing. Because the adults are wearing their hats normal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's Belvedere, guys. We are now into season six of Belvedere, the season final season. Uh, we hope you join us for all of it. Brad and I are, are pretty, not devastated. We're going to miss Belvedere like a friend, but Belvedere will always be there Indeed. on the internet for us. We got and you can tw- always... We get 21 more. 21 more. Oh, saying a hard number makes it tough. Yeah. That's 21 weeks of Ramjack. That's... Oh, man. We could... could we could finish Belvedere... Before 2016, we'd have to like double. We'd have to do it double time, right? And we got we got stuff to do. We got we'll, stuff to do. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, guys. It's 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 we're we're near the end. It hurts. Don't know what's gonna happen after that. Uh, probably a lot of tears. Um, but yeah, holiday season's coming up. Belvedere was awesome, Brad. It's it's amazing to do the show with you. I've always always a good time. Right back I at you, every- weirdo. <laughs> 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 I would give anything if you would go back and re-edit it to where you would like you actually said you're a weirdo <laughs> like just cut it, splice it out and just put yes. in you're a weirdo in there please just so people think that you <laughs> yes, actually said it absolutely or don't so it makes me sound more like like what did you say so I didn't hear that you're such a fucking weirdo such a weirdo <laughs> such a fucking weirdo <laughs> Uh, fucking weirdo uh, guys um, get back at us there's tons of ways you can do that we have a website oh, that is ramjackpodcast.com go there to listen to episodes actually listen to the last ep- the 9-11 episode on the website instead of downloading it uh, because of my location nice it, it works it works and there's all kinds of there's like a huge back catalog on the internet go find it you can leave us a voicemail at 979-476-9877 that is 979-GROWUP7 you can email us ramjackpodcast at gmail.com we're on twitter at ramjackpodcast and join that facebook group it's a good time now that we've entered the high holiday there's a lot I mean there's always been continual uh, activity in it but we get more excited around the holiday season mm-hmm. and there was no time like September 11th to bring us all there to chat about the most crazy things. I will say that um, while I did love that episode and all the comments in the Facebook, the insane uh, snippets from other people's Facebook feeds of just the weirdest jingoistic insanity, um, the day before, like uh, two days before 9-11, there was a new guy who started work who's young. He's like 23, I think. And he was telling me his 9-11 experience that just came up randomly in conversation but I really wonder if it did because he seemed genuinely moved by 9-11 in a negative way. Like, he is, he's a 9-11-year-old. He was someone that said, look, when I was in school, I was young. I was in, like, third or second grade. And um, they wouldn't tell us what happened, but we knew something was going on. And my mom was at the school, and everyone kept, like, leaving the class. Like, people would, people's parents kept coming to get them. And the kids whose parents weren't going to come to get them got really scared and weirded out. And then they heard, like, the sonic boom of the planes going to export, uh, export going to escort uh, Air Force One, and it made them think there was a bomb happening close to them because they could hear the sonic boom, and no one would tell them what was going on. So it traumatized this group of kids. Hey. Yeah, it's that. that's, that's his, uh, I guess, 9-11 story. Just being terrified because no adults would tell them what was going on. Um, 
But yeah, tell us what's going on in your lives, guys. What's happening? Are you tell excited us. about... What are your thoughts on um, spam cupcakes well, or using spam and gross. dip? Because that's gross. I think it's gross. What do you think? Do you have a weird fetish where you go and look at our, our prostitute ads on the internet? Because fuck you, that's creepy. You're a weirdo. It's gross. There was something I almost pulled for the show, and I, I won't talk about this at length, um, and maybe I'll do it for the next episode. I'll just give you a hint here, or a tease. Mm. Um, but there was someone who wrote in to an advice column that, instead of a asking advice, pretty much just asked for an explanation of um, incest pornography. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. Someone mm. wrote into an advice column and said, why is there so much incest pornography online? I go online, trying to find my pornography, and suddenly I'm inundated with this incest porn. What is it? Why do people like it? What's the deal with incest porn? Mm. Which, fair question. To bring, yeah, it's a fair question, but to bring it up the way they did to an advice columnist is strange. And yeah. the columnist says, okay, first things first, are you into incest porn or insecure about it? Because look, there's a lot of sexual fetishes out there in the world, and if you're into that, whatever, I guess, it's a little strange, it's certainly taboo, but it's also just like weird fantasy stuff. Like, a lot of pornography is. No one's gonna mm. act on that shit. Maybe they will, who knows? Sexuality's a strange thing. But it's weird that you bring that to me. And I, I really give the person credit for the mm -hmm. for the column of saying that outright. And they said, look, you don't have to be ashamed of what you're into. It's a little weird, um, but whatever. And then they start talking about how pornography is made, which I thought was weird. Um, I don't know. It reminded me a lot of this guy who has this strange sexual fetish. Very weird. Very weird stuff out there online, weird guys. Stuff, weird stuff out there. What have we learned? Not to go to, what is it called? Backpages.com? Backpage.com, yeah. That's a new one on me. Yeah. Don't go there. Don't that's go, a place, no, that's a no it. man's land. Don't go there. Um, oh, also, uh, um, Alex uh, was on the most recent episode of Intro to X, uh, talking yes. talking some shit about some, oh no, uh, Copperhead's uh, nonsense happening on the Xbox. Yeah, I was devastated that my theory of how the episode was actually working was not viable. Because it made the episode better to me. Much better. Far better. It also gave a lot more credit to the writer, I guess, in a, to a way. Because mm -hmm. the devil is never a good way to end a story. Uh, especially not silly. again. Yeah, it's <laughs> especially not... Especially not again. <laughs> not again. You know that episode we did a couple of seasons back? Let's just do it again. Hey, you remember that episode where Mulder and Scully meet the devil and he's like a, and it's like a snake? Which one? <laughs> Which one is a not question. The first, the second, or the third one? There's a third oh. one? Oh, well, well, just wait till you get to the other seasons. Yeah, so uh, check that out. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fun time. So, uh, guys, uh, if you're out there and you think you're getting some uh, uh, ghostly messages about uh, pie or some such nonsense, uh, listen, just step away from the chalkboard, weirdo. And uh, get yourself some real pie and enjoy some delightful beers, burgers, and desserts.